gather around freaks it's thursday night and everybody's gathered around the internet once again to ask the question they ask each and every week and of course that question is hey did you see this one Lordy, lordy, look who's live on the internet once again for another episode of, hey, did you see this one? And this week, uh, I believe that everybody has seen this movie, but I have, I hadn't somehow in 2002, this movie came out and everybody, you're the, you're the real freak, Jason. I'm I'm gathered around on the the old hot internet (laughs) tube. Um, And basically I decided, hey, did you see this one to myself? So uh, we are, of course, uh, in uh, Alien Encounters Month, Close Encounters of the Month kind. I don't know. Um, and But we have a new guest, a guest that's never been here before. Please put your hands together for Alex Gow. Welcome. Welcome. Thank you. Thank you for having me. Well, welcome to straight the from sh- outer space. Welcome Whoa. to the show, straight from the sewers, uh, Master Splinter. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> um, I like to uh, start off the show though by doing a new segment. Um, every week on Monday and Tuesday, I put up images from the poster, and I think that's the first segment that I like to do. It is, um, and I like to get people to guess. Now, nobody was guessing for the longest time. Uh, and then I started to make it easier. Spoilers, uh, but now lots of people come through. So, uh, without further ado, please welcome the fan guessing game question mark. Congratulations! You have successfully guessed the correct answer, which is the answer you provided. Congratulations! I actually saw your post and I forgot what movie we were doing this week and I couldn't figure it out. <laughs> I was like, um. Well, I'll start off with my favorite guess. I, I, I selected a guest this week that I enjoyed because it makes perfect sense. And um, Pod War on Threads said, uh, like Mike starring Little Bow Wow. And then I was like, dude, you didn't even try. And then he put multiple pictures of zooming into the basketball on the net. Or on the uh, on the poster, and I was like, "That's actually pretty funny." Because if you look at the if you look at the poster, if you zoomed in, it kind of looks like a basketball. Um, just running down the list real quick here. Tim Covey got it, uh, f- friend of the show. He doesn't ever. He just wants to promote our show for this. So thanks. <laughs> uh, Noel Kotiff got it again. Listen to Stick Taps and Stitches uh, for the Hockey Doodads and Whatnots podcast. Stu Hayward, once again, uh, got it. He wanted to promote his pint-sized comedy, which is a uh, stand-up comedy sort of uh, walk-up open mic thing in, in Dartmouth, Nova Scotia, every Tuesday at the Celtic Corner, hosted by Stuart Anthony, also known as Old Stewie on Instagram. It's a wacky and wild time with veteran comics and newbies with a special guest pro headliner every week. Aaron Hurdle, fa- friend of the show, he got it again as well. Uh, he wanted to say... I've seen things you people wouldn't believe. Attack ships on fire off the shoulder of Orion. I watch sea beams glitter in the dark near the Tannhauser Gate. All those moments will be lost in time like tears in rain. 
time to die. I don't know what that's from. I assume it's either Blade Runner. Oh, it's Blade Runner. Blade Runner. <laughs> it's from Blade Runner, Jason. It's very Your famously band. from Blade Runner. <laughs> have you seen that one? I have. Yeah. I have seen it. I saw it in 2020 for the first time. So I'm new at this. I'm a host. I'm the host with the most. I, that's why I got Steve as the uh, the talent. Uh, the talent, yeah. Megan Sprengler, who is a a, a new person. Uh, she wanted to plug her Mediaverse Unwrapped podcast. Um, I've actually watched a bit of this, and it's good. They're doing, they're going through the MCU and stuff like that. Uh, they, she wanted to say, we're a non-toxic Marvel podcast that discusses everything Marvel without the toxicity that comes with the fandom, which is refreshing. Um, cool. Available on all podcast platforms, and you can check it out the videos on YouTube by searching for Mediaverse CU. Uh, John Nolet wanted to promote his Instagram, John Diggs Music, where he reviews music. Uh, my friend uh, Kyle McKenna back in Halifax, uh, also known as uh, the, the rapper Black Rook, uh, he's got a new album out called Black Rook on Spotify, wherever you get your music. I listened to that. It's awesome. He's actually really good. Um, I'm glad that he, I was, I'm glad that I can talk about him for a second here because he's great. Uh, a friend of mine, uh, Brendan, um, at Holden Pro, he's a wrestler named Holden Albright. Uh, he wanted to say, just create stuff. Online content, visual art, new food dishes, woodworking, knitting, whatever it is you want to make, just make it. And this podcast is sort of born of that very idea. So thanks, Brendan. Um, and I, Keldon, who is in the chat right now? Uh, he, he's here almost every week he's very supportive of the team he didn't have a, a, a message or anything but he did want to uh, he did get it correct this week and let me just make sure i'm not forgetting anybody nope and steve nope. steve didn't get it so steve you don't get a shout out or a plug this week wait we already, okay you already got a plug you already did it i made some i made some admiral admirable guesses that's true I think I, we do that thing. Some Admiral Akbar guesses. We do that thing now where we both just like add things to the to the comments. And I think I said backdoor sleuths nine, which you replied vile, which is good. It was vile. <laughs> it's pretty good. So uh, the first big segment of the show is our brief history. Um, so this is a brief history. A brief history. In the brief history segment, we talk about our history with the film. I kind of touched on mine, but I'll go a little bit further. I have made it a tradition to let the guests go first. So, Alex, you finally get to talk after I've ranted and <laughs> raved for the last four months. <laughs> yeah. Well, uh, so it came out 2002. That would have been, <clears throat> I would have been about 14. So that would have made Jason White, you were in your early 20s. <laughs> um we're the same age <laughs> and um yeah so i mean Shyamalan was kind of on the upswing everything was i'm not i'm not going to pretend that i had seen uh unbreakable yet like i wasn't I, you know i'm not i wasn't that hip to it yet but um yeah it's one of those movies that definitely i saw in theaters scared the hell out of me uh and then when it came to home video, watched it a lot. Like me and my brother watched it a lot back in the day. Awesome. Yeah, I think that's, uh, I think most people, when this movie came out, it was like big for them in that in that moment. Um, Steve, how about your brief Who, me? history? My brief history. Uh, I was still a little bit scared of stuff 
when this movie came out, so I didn't see it in theaters. I typically <laughs> didn't go see. I, you know, I I'm a little younger, and uh, it took me a long time. But then I I've told the story many times. I watched The Exorcist at a at a birthday party, and it kind of like it just kind of like removed all reservations I had about horror after that. I'm like, well, I've now seen the scariest movie ever made as advertised on the cover of the exorcist. Um, but I did see this movie at uh, a birthday party as well. Actually, we had watched it and then it was like a sleepover. So we're all sleeping in the basement in sleeping bags. <clears throat> and if, as you guys know, I, I make noises and voices and all sorts of stuff. So I, you know, I, I kind of in the moment perfected the the sound that these aliens make in a very dark basement while everyone was trying to sleep. And uh, they didn't like it. They got very mad at me. <laughs> I freaked out a person so hard that they called their parents and left. Uh, but uh, it was good. I think I can still do it. Hold on. <laughs> Is the mic picking that the up? The mic's not really picking it up. Kind, one tiny yeah. little bit. Hold on. Yeah. Let me get closer. There we go. It's it sounded kind of like a toothpick falling on the table and not bouncing. All right. Well, it just <laughs> I'll record that's a, it. That's a terrifying basement it. movie. <laughs> it oh, is. Yeah. yeah, I can see. Uh, that. There's a whole scene in a basement in this yeah. movie, and it's scary. Uh, but yeah, that was that was the first time I'd watched it, and um, I sort of everyone was a little bit nerve wracked after they had watched it, trying to fall asleep in this basement. But me making the noise and freaking everyone else out made me feel better and less scared. It's like, now they're scared of me. I bet you the aliens <laughs> yeah. in here are also scared of me. Uh, yeah, that's my brief history. Awesome. Um, before I get to mine, since mine's going to be pretty short, I wanted to point out some people in the chat. Crandance is here. Crandance is a friend of ours. Crandance, it's interesting because they used a, uh, they used a, an emoji uh, that's actually pansexual pride. <laughs> But it didn't it didn't show up on my phone, so I thought he just wrote out pansexual pride. But all of our pansexual friends, thanks for watching. Uh, also, a great joke from the chat. Uh, I have a small pet salamander named Tiny. I call him that because he's minute. Hmm. Pretty good. Pretty yeah, good so stuff. And also, um, I called and pointed out that it's good that we're doing this because Napoleon comes out next week. And we got Joaquin Phoenix on this joint. Uh, as far as my brief history goes, I, w I watched it on Monday, but I was aware of it and I've always been curious about it. And as we'll get into as we talk about it, I think it's good that I waited because I remember when this movie came out, people were kind of divided on it and either people loved it or they were like, oh, it's just another M. Night Shyamalan twist movie. But weirdly enough, this one isn't like a really... Like, I don't remember people being divided on this one. Twist. I think that, but maybe there were, I don't know. I was also too young. Yeah, we were young. Shit. It's not like um, we were plugged into the zeitgeist. Yeah, the internet was still new. Shiny. You guys said you were 14 in 2002? Yes. Um, yeah. yeah. Yeah, I was 16, 17. You're right, I was already 20 years old. <laughs> <laughs> you're on your way out of high school. You're like, I don't give a yeah. shit about Shyamalan. Yeah, yeah. Um, I, I do remember. I was uh, Alex, I, if you've listened to the show, you might have listened to me talk about how I was too scared to watch like anything that's kind of why i didn't start watching movies until 2020 because the, yeah. the threat of anything scary <laughs> made my daffodil liver uh yeah, tremble yeah. and quiver whoa i'm a fucking got bars apparently Look at that. <laughs> jason's Our, new album yeah it's <laughs> dropping 
it's called it's called science <laughs> Druble, Druble in the chat says m night shamalama ding dong which mm-hmm. is correct uh, nothing else needs to be said about that um now we're gonna talk about the director a little bit only so we can use this sound all right all right quiet on set are we rolling okay let's shoot this piece of <laughs> sound speed action so i personally don't have much to add it's m night Shyamalan. we've seen his movies i recently watched old old was great people seemed even divided on that they ever since devil uh i feel like people have said that he's lost his touch um but i liked old i think that that's wrong but also you know people are entitled to their opinions true they're wrong opinions so yeah. do you guys have anything to add about m night Shyamalan? he's not really a director we need to super get into because he is basically one of the biggest uh, well he goes through like ebbs and flows or, or like dips and valleys peaks and valleys sort of thing where he'll have a movie that that resonates so hard and and makes such an impact and then you know he'll make kind of a stinker and then that stinker will sort of ruminate for so long and, and take <laughs> yeah. over his name yeah uh, there there are still people who like they're a little bit older people i would say like boomers and stuff who are just like oh yeah well you know m night Shyamalan, he tanked and he never really recovered i'm like no he makes a movie like every two years and they're pretty good like um you know we, we did cabin in the woods on or not cabin in the woods sorry a knock at the cabin which was pretty great uh and then old came out recently as well jason you mentioned and that movie's also pretty great it's it's dripping with the m night Shyamalan awkward and alien sounding dialogue but like i personally think that that's part of his charm as a filmmaker is is people speak like no humans speak at all in reality i think the biggest thing against uh that he's up against is kind of his own reputation like i feel like it's difficult to I don't do this too much, but it's like when you're watching his movie, I feel like people are aren't even actively watching it all the time. They're trying to figure it out. Yeah, like it's a Rubik's cube that you're constantly fiddling with the entire time. You just want to you want to like a lot like uh, a lot of people are kind of like watching it and then they want to whisper to their friend. They're like, oh, I think this is what the twist is. You know what I mean? Kind of hunting the twist the whole time. That's exactly the difference between me watching this and the and watching old because I absolutely was doing that the whole time I was watching old. Like I knew what the, the gimmick was going in cause they get right to it. But with this movie, I knew that the twist was the water and yeah. they telegraph it for the whole movie. So I didn't have that in my head. I, I was just like, what's going to happen next. Yeah. And I found that this movie has like, it's more like micro twists. It's just kind of a twisty yeah. movie. We'll get into that when we talk about the the body of it. But I, that's that's what I appreciate because right around this time he had Unbreakable and he had um, he had uh, Sixth Sense, which do have mm. pretty big twists in them comparatively. Yeah, and I, it's it's crazy to me that even after this movie came out and it did very well, I believe it did quite well. Actually. I haven't seen Lady um, in the Water of yeah. the Village, so like, don't spoil well, though, I mean, those. I know I'm what not, the I twist won't, in the I village won't, is. I won't spoil anything. Okay. Relax. <laughs> I hate spoilers. Your pants on I'm freaking... Um, But he still to this day holds that sort of title and that, that, that um, the twists are connected to him so heavily, even though like even after since this movie came out, he hasn't really done mega twisty movies. There are twists in some of them, but a lot of the time they're not super twisty. It's just yeah. like, oh, it's a would, plot point. I would argue that this is not even if this wasn't made by him, I wouldn't think that 
even the ending of this was that big of a twist. That's what I mean to say is this movie doesn't really have a twist. It's if more you... just like a movie. Yeah, it's more like, you know, <laughs> they they tell you that something's going to happen at the beginning and then it happens at the end. If you're like, oh, yeah. yeah, that's that's not a twist. That's just, uh, you know, yeah. filmmaking, good yeah. storytelling. Yeah. Um, but, you know, he he still he still has that sort of like on his resume, I guess, is like the the twist the director. Twist guy, yeah, <laughs> I directed Twister. Um, but I mean, one another interesting thing about his career is, you know, early on, he was getting these big paychecks for uh, these big budgets for his movies. And then when he did start to to dip a little bit, he just started stopped caring about studio work. And he was like, I'm just gonna every time I make a movie, take out a mortgage on my house, fi- finance the movie myself. And that way I can just make what I want. And he still does that to this day. <laughs> He's like, no, I'll, I'll just take out another mortgage. And they end up almost always doing pretty well they, they never really flop hard he's not uh, homeless yet right yeah even the ones that people hate like um lady in the water and the happening um which i personally you know i don't think they're great but i don't think that they're the dog shit that people constantly say that they are um it's just that they're movies that i probably don't really need to go revisit <laughs> unless we do them on this I do show wanna, I, I did watch the happening on like a plane and i hated it but i do think i need to rewatch that knowing that the twist is the trees um sorry if you haven't seen the happening whoa say hi to your mother for me Spo- spoiler alert it's pretty shit it's pretty <laughs> shit uh, but i will say about him um he has his resume is very short for how long he's been around which is interesting because that means that he doesn't have that many misses. Because if you look at the Unbreakable trilogy, all great. Like, old, Knock at the Cabin, great new movies. I don't really remember um, Devil, but that movie, did he, did he not direct that? No, he didn't direct that movie. Okay, so like, I don't, I'm sorry for bringing that up. And then his, he, he's got this run of movies. I feel like you bring that up every time I we do, do an M.I. Shyamalan <laughs> movie. And I always say he didn't direct that movie. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> but he's got this early run of movies that is like pretty great. And it, but you know, stars wise and IMDb, it, it goes down and it ends with the happening, the last airbender and after earth. But I mean, there's probably right. things. To I be always found. forget about the last airbender and <laughs> yeah. after earth because I just, don't count them <laughs> checked out they just don't really feel like m night Shyamalan yeah. movies they feel the like the last airbender sucked because i'm a huge fan of the original series avatar the last airbender yeah. and they couldn't call it i mean avatar. i wasn't a big fan of avatar the last airbender and even i thought it sucked yeah <laughs> I, like, I, I didn't care if it was good or bad and i went in and was like i don't know what's going on in this it also got ham- hamstringed by not being able to be called avatar so you lose even more people because uh, avatar came out that year as well so yeah is wayward pines any good it's got a 7.3 it seems like a cool i haven't watched it wayward pines i don't think i I don't know if i saw it it seems like a cool horror show it's based off of something i believe anyway i've seen like a trailer it looks kind of cool interesting but i've never watched it i don't watch a lot of tv it's got spooky spooky men it's got spooky stuff and you know how much i love spooky stuff um, I, I don't know. I guess the other interesting things about M. Night Shyamalan is he films practically every single movie in Philadelphia because he just loves Philadelphia so much. Yeah. <laughs> I was watching an interview. Well, he lives there, right? It's like he grew up there and everything. It's his it's his town. Um, but I was watching an interview with him and he's like, you know, crop circles have appeared all over the world. And, you know, everybody knows about crop circles. And I wanted to make a movie that impacts people everywhere. And he, and he went the UK, India, Philadelphia, <laughs> Mexico. <laughs> 
That's just funny. The named four places. Massive countries and then he yeah. named Philadelphia. <laughs> Give him the old uh, M. Night Shyamalan twist. He's yeah. fe- his name is featured in an episode of It's Always Sunny in Philadelphia. One uh, thing that people don't really give him a lot of credit for, which I'm sure we'll get into, is that he is pretty funny and like he yeah. does ha- the humor in his movies often does work for me it's not like laugh out loud roll on the floor laughing but it is like clever enough that you chuckle or at least you register like that was funny that was or a very like, funny thing a lot that of like happened. wholesome humor yeah it's never yeah. it's never exploitative and it's never uh crass and it's and it's never raunchy it's always just like that was a funny clever thing that that character just said and i liked it he's also got that stephen king um eeriness factor that he can just like have somebody call up on a phone and say it's, they'll be saying the thing out loud and it's gross the story about the puke almost getting his mouth puked in oh yeah and the spitting the spitting, the spitting story yeah. yeah like that he just has these little you can just he makes you feel weird and gross like i would even say that has like, a lot he's got of that. that yeah he's got that sort of the magic that like spielberg ha- has where like even though there's these characters feel borderline caricature and cartoonish and the stuff they're saying would never come out of anybody's mouth and it's it's delivered in a way that you're like this is so un it's there's something uncanny about the way that everybody's acting and, and talking but it it it's still like gives you a, a perfect idea of who these characters are and you feel like they're real even though they're acting it's un- believable unreal. in the context that they're in exactly absolutely yeah. absolutely uh what do you say we move on to the body of the episode friends because oh we're God. already sort of doing that uh before we do i Keldon in the chat just said uh that wayward pines he loves it but it's only two seasons so that means it's a quick watch in my opinion that, that means it's a show that i would be interested in watching because i don't have to watch 19, 19 seasons of a tv seasons, show 25 yeah. episodes a season yeah oh here she comes here they come here it comes Ho, 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 everybody back up, because here comes the body of the episode. Ooh la la. Oh, so hot. Uh, this is the body of the episode, uh, the time each week when we just talk about the movie now. It's time. Um, typically, uh, for the last few weeks, we've just been kind of talking. Um, if we do get held up, though, I have the movie basically written out beat for beat so if we get stuck i will refer to the notes um my first note though is fuck i forgot about mel gibson yeah so that was kind of like oh yeah mel gibson you mean like how he became a horrible monster man <laughs> minutes, <laughs> minutes after this movie came out he became yeah an it might even have been the same year person. yeah 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 um, I mean, he's, you know, he's done his, his years of, of apologies and, and addressing it and stuff, uh, does not excuse his behavior. And I don't think that he, he, he probably harbors some really off putting and weird ideas in that mad Australian head of his, but he's like, yeah. wildly he's a, he's a great actor in this movie. 100% yeah. proves it because he is so good in this movie. He's like wildly anti-Semitic at the best and at yeah. the worst he's got fo- phone call records of him saying the most atrocious things yes and i don't th- he was one of the original people to be like canceled before like cancel culture was a thing i remember but he didn't go away <laughs> he just made passion of the christ and then apocalypse yeah yeah <laughs> yeah and then he like vanished for a little while and made and then three days later he DVD rose again. <laughs> yeah exactly and then he returned for like one of those weird comedy like uh, sort of like broy comedies where it's like 
two uh, like a comedian and an action star and their dads show up and one of their dads <laughs> is mel gibson yeah look who's dad and just like dinner. your dad he has some really questionable <laughs> things to say about minorities what happened to you today dad i got pulled over by a cop you don't want to hear about it <laughs> oh yeah and then he was in that it's gonna be on the news later <laughs> he was in that drive no that was russell crowe that was in that rape movie <laughs> Uh, I mean, similar. all we really need to say is that we do not agree with anything that Mel Gibson has, has said or will ever say. Or in Russell Crowe, for that matter, because um, he's problematic too. Yeah, They're both true. Australian. I mean, I think he's less problematic. He just used to throw phones at people or something and, <laughs> and hot food. And they know he's coming right back. <laughs> yeah. Um, I think that this movie is is sceny enough that we can probably c- kind of walk through it formulaically from beginning to end. Um, for those of you who haven't seen Signs, uh, it is a movie about a man who is uh, very religious. He goes through some um, extremely traumatic circumstances that causes him to be stripped of that faith. Uh, and he's on a journey looking for signs I should say. to uh, restore that faith. Hold on. Let me finish the summary of the movie. Okay. Uh, but it also has to do with the um, wild circumstances and events that occur that uh, allow him to um, regain his faith at, at the end of the movie for it to be restored. I I was only going to interrupt. I was only going to interrupt you because I forgot about the fact that he was uh, reverend. Um, but as I was watching this movie, I realized I have seen uh, Scary Movie Four. I think it is with like Tr- a ton of times, and you're like, oh, is this? <laughs> Is this where all that's from? Well, the thing <laughs> the is... The animals is... are acting crazy. You're like, I swear I remember a dog riding a tractor in this movie. Well, that's the thing. Like, the, <laughs> one of the... I think it's four or five. Charlie Sheen plays this character. And the, the, like, the shell of the movie is science. And I remember them lampooning the fact that he was a father, but he was, like, he had all these, like, girls around. And also they redo the scene where she's, like, tra- trapped against the tree. And they just play it for gags and that is one of the most gut-wrenching parts of this movie isn't there like the part where like the the sheriff like her hat keeps getting bigger and bigger <laughs> yeah the movie. yeah but then when she's explaining to charlie sheen that his husband is pinned between between the tree she keeps pulling up like visual aids to like help him like she takes a hot dog and like breaks it in half <laughs> just like yeah so i like, should have this is your wife yeah i should have said in my brief history that i have seen that <laughs> so no, basically, you've basically seen yeah, that basically yeah. seen <laughs> oh and they did they did the funny walk the alien walk but they did it as like really weird yeah yeah and just like in uh scary movie three the aliens in this movie pee out of their fingers mm-hmm. of course the tips of their fingers but uh to get serious um, you are right. This is a movie about a, a a man who loses his faith, and he's looking for signs. And then there's a, a subplot where aliens come. I guess. Um, just, yeah. Just kidding. These That's... circumstances are are extreme. Uh, the world is being, I guess, scouted for, as that military man would say, it's like it's a scouting mission. Who's a great character? Uh, he is. He's the weirdest, wildest character in this movie, but he fits right into this town full of oddballs. So the reason why I brought up the aliens um, the way that I did is because. The opening credits um, for this were some of the best opening credits I've seen in a film that are just writing. And you know how I feel about that. So this is high praise. They they feel like yeah. you're watching a 1950s like horror movie or like yeah, it's like a Hitchcock people uh, from the world sort of beyond style. kind of like intro yeah. with the the score and the the lettering and the pacing. Like I really enjoyed that. It's very similar great... to. 
it's similar to the opening of Psycho, mm-hmm. um, where they they do all of the legwork via the music and the slow pace of the of the text, and it's it's meant to to give you this sort of <clears throat> ominous and tension that that builds up right until the movie begins to be like, guess what, guys, this movie is gonna be wild. It's gonna be a wild alien fueled ride. Um, and it, and it cuts straight to this sort of really boring shot of the front yard of their uh, their homestead, which I I guess is meant to like evoke a sense of calmness. But uh, I really like the opening of this movie a lot, um, specifically because within I think maybe less than two minutes, you are presented with all these little visual tidbits that give you a very specific and accurate understanding of who Graham Hess, Father Graham Hess, is without having to explain it to you at all. And then throughout the movie, you're given a little bit more here and there to give you more context as to why uh, he is the way that he is. But within that first, you know, sequence, you see drawings of children, you see the silhouette of the cross on the wall, and and you know all these little small details about him without the movie having to specifically tell you. And an interesting little misdirect. Um, I don't know if you picked up on this, but... He hear they they're like him and uh, you find out his name's Merrill, but you you know you, you, they're getting ready for their day and they hear a girl scream out in the field, and he goes running out because he's like what the hell and like right before they see the actual uh, crop circles, and he yells out Morgan Morgan and the misdirect in my opinion was that you would expect the little girl's name to be Morgan but it's a boy and then. Um, the little girl's name is Bo, and I, th- I I thought that that was that's what I mean by this movie has these like micro twists all through it. It's just to like misdirect, get you thinking, because this movie could very easily be directed by somebody, and everything could just be like very straightforward and very basic. This this story could be told in a very basic way, but since you have the the eyes of M Night Shyamalan, writing, directing, and creating this thing, every moment seems to be packed with like a little misdirect, a little subversion, a little moment. And I thought that this was a great way to open it, to like set that up. And then you get this really neat, like when he runs out into the, uh, the crop circle, the camera pans back and the two dogs run by in front of the screen, which I thought was a really neat shot. And then you just, then it just transitions to a crane shot of like, or like a, I don't even know how they did it back then. It was, it was a very, it looked like a very shaky helicopter. Yeah. Right. Like the, like a helicopter shot, I guess it would have to be because drones didn't exist in 2002. So, or maybe it was a crane. Shot. Yeah. It would have been uh definitely would have been a, no, it went Jason, too high you're little, up. Uh, you're a little janky here. I'm janky. Is this my internet or is this your internet? Uh, you're not, he's not janky to me. Uh Oh, okay. So it must be me. Steve's going to disappear soon. <laughs> okay. I, uh, yeah, it definitely would have been a drone. If you, I watched a little bit of the making up for this and uh, cranes everywhere. This movie was full of cranes. Should have been called Um, cranes. Cranes. Crane Um, circles. (laughs) Speaking of the crane circles, uh, one thing that I really appreciated in this movie is that he made all of the, he made sure that all the crop circles circles were were real. He did not want to do a bunch of CGI stuff Uh, in in this, you know, time period. CG was still very janky and you could tell when things were happening, even in this movie, movie, there's a lot. Yeah. I think we can talk about it when we get to the end, but um, I think they did an admirable job of trying to hide it as much as they could when they did have to use it. But there's a few shots in this movie that uh, did not age well. Um, But he, 
M. Night Shyamalan, he basically was inspired by crop circles, uh, obviously, but the original draft for this movie, he wanted to have everything take place in the house only and have almost like this world of uh, world of the sorry, war of the world world scenario. Yeah. (laughs) World of the wars happening outside. And uh, eventually he came to the realization that that's not like the appropriate way to tell a story or or this specific story, I suppose. but he he got all of the crop circles you see on TV, the ones in the field. He made sure that they were all real. And that's something that we would never get anymore. You know, if they're going to make a crop circle movie in 2023, yeah. it's going to be purely CGI. And one of the reasons is, is like you're not going to be able to find a farmer who's willing to let you crunch down Just all like their, their corn. Well, they could take yeah. the uh, they could take the field from uh, Interstellar. Interstellar is yeah. probably yeah. still out there and just use that. Yeah. Well, that's the thing about he they sold grew, that corn. Yeah, they grew this corn for this movie as well. They rented the property from an agricultural college and specifically grew corn because it's one of the hardest um crops to to break um with your bare hands so they really really wanted to reinforce the idea that like humans couldn't have done this it had to have been done by other means although Um, we do know uh through living through crop circles the crop circle hoax for the last 40 years they basically and they talk about a little bit in this movie they use these big like circular discs that they they're able to push down almost like you're stomping down on grass and yeah. and hold it down with with ropes and then leave it for a little while and then it, that's how they get that effect of it not being broken and they yeah, go around snapping. in circles concentrically yeah i think that the, the specific reason they chose corn is because it was one of the only things that they knew couldn't be manipulated by that method that's why they wanted to do it like the other it would be like a wheat field or something right when to, to be using the boards to flatten everything. oh yeah that's a good point um yeah. corn is the yeah. more cinematic uh crop though Oh yeah, because yeah. running Nothing through like corn, a good cornfield. Running through <laughs> Shot, corn sure. looks awesome on a screen. I don't know what it is. I think it's the mystery. This is a movie that I'm going to go back and watch to see if there's more alien hints than they actually show. This is a movie that has blink and you miss it alien reveals. Absolutely. Like when and that the- was that was a big deal when it came to video, right? Because you would like when I saw it in theaters, it was like, oh, is that an alien? You kind of freaking out, and then. But then it was became very meticulous. Me and my brother, it's like right. the first Let's time you see it, him on yeah. the roof, it's like you pause it and you look yeah. at the alien and you're like, oh. That doesn't look like a Scandinavian woman yeah. at all. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Yeah, that part I looked away for a moment and I heard like the sting, like the music went up and I looked back and I caught that. That scene is one second long and I caught it. Yeah. And it fucked, I, like, like I was startled, which is crazy for a movie from 2002 to, to do. Like it, this movie, it's, it's really and amazing. Mel Gibson wasn't even on screen. He wasn't even on screen. <laughs> I, I, it's a really uh that that's that scene in particular is really amazing because they preface it with the conversation with his daughter about his mom, right? Or sorry, not his mom, her not her mom, um, and you you get you get you start to fall into this lull of like sadness about you know the relationship between father and daughter and the absence of the mother. And you're you're feeling bad for both of them, and you're you're expecting him to tuck her in, give her a kiss, and go to bed. And, and that sting is just like, it's so important. The music in this movie is so important, but his acting is is also just, like he, you see real shock and fear in his eyes. Yeah, and it's a real yeah, it's a real uh, emotional and contextual like whiplash. There's a couple of moments like that in this movie, um, the dinner scene in particular, where you know you have his his boiling over anger. 
and um, then the eventual sort of sobbing mess that he and his children become. And it's like you're on the brink of tears yourself. And it cuts to almost like a POV of Mel Gibson with his hand just coming and grabbing, grabbing Merrill, Merrill. And pulling him in. It's yeah. like perfect comedic timing. It's like it's almost cartoonish. And it, it takes you from this moment of like you're about to like join in the weeping. And then it just hits you with this laugh. And, yeah, and it's like sickeningly wholesome. Yeah, it's yeah. so good. Uh, there's there's tons of, of moments like that in this movie, which I think really elevates it for me in terms of like what I would rank it if there was such a ranking system that existed. I don't think there is some sort of star system, perhaps. Um, <laughs> so, but any, yeah, sorry, go ahead. I was just gonna say, like, just moving along with the movie because I want to get to some more of the beefy stuff. We get the we get the the dogs are acting crazy. Houdini is peeing everywhere. The dog is sick. The police officer shows up to. Uh, aid the call of you know Graham calls the cops on the the crop circles they think it's a another farm like a rival farm which I assume is an an issue that I couldn't get it out of my head during this first act that like if you have a farm you're gonna have some rival farm just like messing with you all the time whether it's like yeah it's I always thought it was kids I thought it was like teenagers well we see one of them later in the army recruiter base it's the Michael Showalter his his name is his his last name's Pinkerton I can't remember his first name it's like Ziggy Pinkerton and the wolf it's it's Lionel Pritchard and the Wolfington brothers there we go yeah (laughs) Lionel Richie and the and the Pinkerton brothers one 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 note that I I've seen this movie a lot of times and I I guess I tried to watch it looking for new perspectives or new things to pick up on. And one of them is when uh, Morgan is taking Houdini outside. um, Graham says, oh, take him to doctor, whatever. Mm -hmm. And Morgan says, oh, he doesn't treat animals, which I guess is just like the town doctor. And Graham says, "Ah, I don't know what to do. And then later, uh, much later in the movie, when he ends up going to Ray's house, um, Ray has a sign on his mailbox that says veterinarian. Oh. So, so I guess like even refused. though the dog was like the dog was sick and he was like, oh, just take him to the human doctor. Right. And then. Right. It, and I think it's kind of maybe I never noticed that a before. small town that they don't even have a vet. Because that's one of those micro micro reveal twist things where. Even when well, they... yeah, it's like he didn't want his son to go face the man yeah. who yeah, murdered bring the, his yeah, mother. Yeah, bring your <laughs> your pissing dog to the to the guy that you know what I mean. That scissored your mom in yeah, half. Yeah, timbered your mom. <laughs> yeah. But this uh, is around the part... also maybe out of respect for him, right? Like making yeah. him yeah, face yeah, I mean, the children yeah. too. Yeah, would for be, sure. Uh, I mean, yeah. it's, I'm sure it's just kind of it's a unique situation. It's a unique, yeah, like yeah, he was sure. he fell asleep at the wheel. He wasn't drunk. She was just out on a walk. It, you know, it was dark. It wasn't like like how can you be like truly angry at somebody who it was just an accident. They just happened to be driving the car yeah i think that's he he understands that as well right he's like he is angry but he knows that his anger is that's why he has to put it somewhere that's why he loses faith like that's why he can't be angry at a person so he's angry at god essentially yeah that's how i perceived Um, it anyway for sure and i think that you know if somebody who is a reverend obviously these people are probably thinking about faith a lot more than you know the average human being yeah i stubbed um, my toe and i yell god damn it so i think it's a little different yeah. for, for the, the hess <laughs> yeah. family well, jason you know me i have uh chronically bad luck as you've called it before <laughs> so like if i was looking for signs of anything 
it's like micro things happen to me all the time where I'm like, God damn it. <laughs> like Jason, we went to the movies the other day. I, just couldn't I go it. to buy a drink out of the vending machine. And it's just like, we were talking about like how weird shit happens to me all the time. And then just like the, the, the drink just didn't come out. And I was like, okay, this how is you, my life. How do we harness this? How do we? Well, <laughs> by the, by the logic and mechanics of this movie, we will eventually be invaded by something and you'll have the exact blood sugar needed to make <laughs> right. it through because that one drink didn't fall Yeah, your like throat, eight years before. Your throat will close <laughs> at just the right time and block your lungs from the, the ancient poison. Um, well, I certainly hope that's true. <laughs> yeah, it'll all pay off one day. Don't worry. All these horrible things. We get sort of an interesting hint at the water having something to do with something. Uh, Bo, the little girl played by... Um, What's her face? Little Miss Sunshine. Abigail. Abigail Breslin. Abigail Breslin. Thank you. I just needed to hit that first name and I got it. Um, she's got a weird aversion to water where, and, and also they kind of hint. She's an alien. In the movie. Yeah. <laughs> well, they kind of hint later in the movie that she might have some sort of like an ESP ability, like a really low level uh, telekinesis. Like a shining or, power or something. Yeah, yeah. Like a reality power. Like, you know how in a movie that's pretty grounded, somebody will have, like, some thing that they never explain? Yeah. This is that. She's got something. I dreamed that. Yeah. Yeah. Um, and kind of like the Nightmare on Elm Street movies, before they really go paranormal with it. Um, but she, Before the dream master shows up. They try to feed the dog some water, and she she's like, the water's contaminated, and the dog barks at it, too. So it's like... The, Amoebas. Yeah, yeah, I don't want to drink my brother's amoebas are in it. She walks around the house taking a sip of water and then putting it down and leaves her cups of water. This house has 30,000 cups, apparently. And I want to ask you guys something. I have like a, it's not a quite a, a um, it's not quite a, uh, a Mandela effect, but I seem to remember there being a scene in this movie where like they figure out that the water does the thing and then there's cups of water all over the house. That might have well, just... there are there are, they're there not are. all over the house, but there there's a lot. And during the fight at the end, Merle is like smashing. Yeah, cups he wails on a couple of them. Okay, yeah. they might have just like shot a scene. Water at the guy. They might have shot a, a part for the trailer that just like, you know, Maybe. honed in on that a little bit. That's because I've only ever seen the trailer really. Right. Um, but we, you know, the police officer there talks. She. she talks about the, the animals are on high alert they're peeing everywhere you know houdini's peeing everywhere and she keeps calling him father and he's like don't call me father we don't really know why yet though because we don't really have that like insight at this we don't point. know that the mother is dead yet yeah. yeah but he also says like don't call me father because i can't hear my children calling me which i th- which really hit me as like a double, like they, the kids literally stop yelling for him outside, but also it's like he lost his faith. So like the children of God, he can't hear them anymore. Like I took that as like a, a double sort of meaning, a sort of subversion and sort of like M. Night Shyamalan sort of hinting at things to come a little bit. Yeah, he does that a lot. Yeah, um, he's... where he likes to have at least two meanings to things, <laughs> including the title of the movie. He yeah. write, he writes his fucking dialogue so like robotic and weird, and they say weird shit. But I think it's that so great, it adds like to it's... yeah, it adds to the the dynamic. Like yeah, I want to like, hear... once we get to the town, it's crazy. Like every <laughs> single person, is crazy. yeah, it's yeah. so funny. Yeah, um, um, but even even before. Uh, does this happen before i can't does the the roof part happen before they go to town or after i can't remember um 
I'm not sure. Consult the almanac. Yeah. I, yeah. <laughs> I'm just, I'm still at the, like, this is. All right. Yeah. So we'll, 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 we'll get to it. We'll go through it. it. I'll, I'll remember what I was going to say. Yeah. Um, Morgan ends up killing the dog in self-defense because it starts freaking out. And that's mm-hmm. when he can't hear the kids anymore because the dog, like, they have a moment. Yeah. He stabs Houdini like he's a, a caveman killing a mammoth. You know what I mean? The, yep. Yeah. And Bo is up on the, like, uh, the place that like like fr- like just frowny face, which I thought was like a really weird moment. I made a note here that's like M Night has created such an off an off feeling and vibe to this to this. It's because there's there's a, a serious lack of music throughout this entire sequence of events. It's like haunting but normal. It's like you're just getting the sizzle yeah. of the barbecue. You're getting the the sound of the wind through the um the corn, but you don't hear any birds. You don't hear any insects. You just it's like this eerie silence. Um, and then you, they're also kind of feeding you little like drip feeding you little bits of information as well. You're getting hints at the fact that like he doesn't like when people even refer to him as father anymore. This is also where you are like, oh, so he was a he was a priest. Um, and then you've got. Morgan saying like dad's gonna burn these again like so his dad was just cooking and left to go show the um sheriff the crop circles um which also just shows that he's like obviously been absent-minded since his wife got killed yeah, yeah. Uh, precapitated what do you call it when yeah. you cut in half pre-dissected yeah, yeah dark mold yeah we so it's the phantom menacing just sidebar <laughs> side note um when in 2002 did you know that this was a was a mccall uh, was a culkin no i didn't know until i watched it this week because and during the during the opening credits it was like rory culkin, uh, rory culkin i was like Really? Rory Culkin, mm-hmm. it seems like, from my point of view, he did this movie, which I didn't know. I yeah. was like, why does this fucking kid sound exactly like Macaulay Culkin watching it on Monday? And then I'm right. like, oh yeah, Rory he Culkin looks like him as well. <laughs> is the third Culkin brother behind Macaulay and Kieran. And and he looks exactly like a young Macaulay and he talks like yeah. him. And yeah. Rory Culkin is like back acting now like he i think i don't know if he went away but i know he's been in some stuff recently and kieran Culkin just he just acted all the way through he he was fuller in home alone and he just yep. he's been in sitcoms and movies he's on succession he's succession incredible on succession now, yeah, for incredible sure. on that show um and rory Culkin just like a clone of macaulay in this movie and well there's even sequence shots in this movie that are very reminiscent of home alone like when he's purchasing the book it gives yeah, you sort he, of he's very it, it evokes the sort of imagery of him like yep. at the grocery store or when he sees the alien and he goes <laughs> <laughs> yeah um it's it is like i i've known this i think since the movie came out just because like me and my nerdy film friends when we were kids are just like it's Macaulay culkin's brother did you know <laughs> kind of yeah, yeah yeah but uh more so now and i because... said no steve go away <laughs> uh, but uh when, we, when i watched it this week i it's, it's not that i forgot it was just kind of like oh yeah i forgot that uh he's but but it was more so that i was i, I have recently rewatched the home alone movies and i'm like oh my gosh it's crazy that all you have to do is shoot this kid from a high angle over a counter and you're immediately like transported to a different movie with a different yeah. culkin in it he's like his um, eyes nose and mouth have that culkin and he's good too look. man like he's a I, great actor yeah i think it also helps that everybody in this movie has crazy weird wooden dialogue so it doesn't really matter yeah, a if... lot of the acting is is just 
okay now stare there and yeah. don't move whatever you do yeah and try <laughs> yeah. and say this really awkward line as un- <laughs> unnaturally as possible like old old had that i i found that in uh don't uh knock at the cabin was a little bit more you know Lucy Goose for the acting, but old definitely. Yeah, but had even that, that movie still has. Some, it's got uh, Batista basically well. playing Drax as a normal person. <laughs> Drax the destroyer is like a normal dude. Um, I think it's hard. I don't. I don't know if I agree with that. I think it's just the fact that he is a giant wrestler man <laughs> in any other movie. Yeah. You're but, going to think about Drax. But watching old, I thought that this movie and old were very similar. They're both like M Night Shyamalan like horror, but they're both very like people saying weird shit in a weird cadence at the wrong time. <laughs> yeah. Right. Um. Yeah. Bo comes, uh, oh yeah, so now it's nighttime. Bo comes to Graham. He's only known as father for like most of this movie. In fact, I'm the person that always keeps track of names on this show. And I heard, the uh, Meryl calls him Graham like once, like an hour and a half into the movie or like an hour into the movie. And I was like, oh, so that's, he's he's supposed to be father, I think. I think that was the intention. Until you literally have to call him by name at some point. Uh, but she comes t- she comes in, in in a very wooden M. Night Shyamalan way, says, there's a <laughs> there's a monster outside my window. Can I have a glass of water? And then, of mm-hmm. course, it's a little kid, so yeah. you just don't think anything of it, and he gets the water. And <clears throat> this is at the part where we sort of get the inkling that the mom might be dead. And... I wrote, why is Bo so creepy? I, mean, I hope you got that in. Yeah, yeah, yeah. They're talking to her yeah. when she's... Why do you talk to mom when she's not here? Because <laughs> right. she's yeah. dead? Right. Yeah. I don't know. Maybe they broke up and he's a fucking... Yeah, I guess that could be. <laughs> now she's and in also, yeah. uh, he is known as Graham. The the officer, uh, what's her name? Paskey calls him Graham. Oh, she calls him Graham. Okay. When, before she leaves, because he's like, don't call me father. And then she, so she kind of like, almost gives it to him in, in a way that it's like uh almost sassism a bit she's like yeah. okay well i'll go she's like i'm gonna go now graham or whatever graham, graham. turns around quickly yeah. graham <laughs> but then um, we get a glimpse of something on the roof and this is i mean the, the when the officer first comes in and she's talking about the spitting and stuff there is a little bit of humor there yeah. Uh, and Merle waking up also has a bit of humor to it, but this is when the the humor really starts. The to, funniest to part peak of the movie, movie. is is it, this part because they think it's the the other farm boys. Yeah, and the, uh, Merrill's trying to Lionel teach... Richie and the the Wolfgang <laughs> yeah, Puff boys yeah, yeah. Wolfgang Puff. <laughs> she must spit on all the skateboards or whatever. <laughs> yeah. The the funniest part about this is the juxtaposition between Merrill, who's like a grown up, peaked in high school guy, who's you know out drinking and probably a party into a degree or he's a normal person graham has a recently thrown down the uh what's the thing that the priests wear on their neck he's thrown down the cuff collar collar, collar. I think, yeah. Yeah. yeah he's thrown down i thought it had a what name. everyone wears around their neck <laughs> he threw down thanks he threw down the collar he renounced religion and he but he doesn't know how to swear or be angry because he's a very chill dude he's very like you know whole holy Pious. It doesn't sound natural when I curse. Yeah, yeah. Well, you don't mean it. So they, just I'm insane him. with anger. I'm insane <laughs> with anger. They go out and they, he's like trying to tell them like we have to go out there and scare them away by swearing and cursing and acting acting crazy. He's I like, like how he keeps saying like, like explain that to me more, please. Yeah. I don't <laughs> yeah. I don't understand what you mean. So his yeah. version of that is, I'm insane with anger. I'm out of my mind. 
and <laughs> I'm out of my mind. I'm out of my mind. <laughs> and I think he says something. He says shit. He says like I'm gonna kick the shit. No, out he's of gonna kick no, your ass. It's gonna be an ass whooping or whatever. Yeah, it's gonna be an ass whooping. <laughs> and then he does a very funny like I swore. And Meryl's like, great job. I heard, yeah. yeah. I cursed, yeah. <laughs> it's good, yeah. Um, One thing this movie did huge for me, huge, huge, huge back in the day was it really humanized Joaquin Phoenix for me after Gladiator. on Because yeah. like, oh, I'd right, only yeah. seen him in Gladiator. In that, he's like, it may as well be a Terminator. Like, right. And that's my own... That, I, I know he was in stuff before and after and whatever, but I had seen Gladiator and walking phoenix scared the shit out of me because i'm he like he was intimidating in that movie for and sure and i don't yeah. remember him being so young in gladiator but he's definitely yeah. younger than he is in this but in this he's playing like probably 20 at the old he's also in like full period royal gear Probably, and they yeah. also do a time jump in that movie so i think they age him up a little bit to uh during the the maximus Aurelius or whatever his name is. But I've never uh, yeah. seen Joaquin Phoenix like this is the most normal I think he's ever acted in a movie. Yeah. Cause like three years later he does I'm Still Here, which is almost killed his career, even though it's ma- it's a masterpiece of a of a movie. Because it's it's like Borat before Borat almost. <laughs> you know, oh, when he went it. was that I think that was quite a bit later, was it not? I thought it was in like two thousand and five. It was it was in two thousand ten. Oh shit! <laughs> yeah. So he was in a bunch of shit in between. Yeah. I'm usually good at years, but uh, that movie affected me in a way that um, clearly I thought that that was more of his career. But no, he was. Uh, and then even after that, it didn't really do anything to his career. Like he made her three years after that, and yeah. he's been working pretty consistently ever since. Wow, that's um, crazy. I thought I thought that I'm still here was an older movie, and her you know that's 2013 then i guess was yeah. like his comeback or resurgence kind of yeah that was his like he did a couple things in between those two but that's kind of the big one but yeah. her is really good like her is a great like yeah her is in, good. indie movie vibe but of, i also think after modern... i'm still here after i'm still here he it was revealed fairly loosely and quickly after that that he's like i was just fucking with everybody yeah. i'm not actually crazy so like, it's a yeah i saw him on i saw him on letterman or whatever yeah yeah. leading up to it and yeah like he really sold it it's a borat yeah. after borat then if anything yeah. he was more crazy when he was making the joker yeah yeah but the joker's its own it's the weird it's the weirdest <laughs> thing about the joker because i don't like that movie me neither and joaquin phoenix is such a good actor and it just it's the wrong i'm hoping that this sequel they re they redo it i like the idea of lady gaga as Harley Quinn, Joker. Two we'll see what happens. York. I don't know. The first <laughs> Joker one was just two, a big... electric boogaloo. <laughs> All I could think about when I watched the Joker was Arkham. Or sorry, uh, Gotham really needs some universal health care. That's all I. Yeah. All I could think about. If this was set in Toronto, this wouldn't have happened. Yeah. Yeah, I get that. So they think it's the other firm, um, and there, I there was a great shot of. I think Meryl saw the alien at this time because he's reacting to something on the roof that they don't show. And, and the, I think they do this a lot in the movie where the actors see the aliens pretty clearly and they just won't believe that they're seeing it. I, I in fact, I don't know if that's true, but like it, I, it could be, but I feel like we're meant to see them just as much. Cause like everyone is always uncertain of what they've seen. Right. Like yeah, even when Mel Gibson, 
walking yeah. into the corn. Even when Mel Gibson fully sees one and chops his fingers off, when he's describing it to his family, he even says, I think I found one in a pantry, and I'm not 100% sure, sure that I did, but I'm pretty sure I did. Well, that's but what I can't I mean, be certain right? that like... I am correct in this right now. I... And also, I chopped its fingers off. Maybe. I don't know. I ran out of there right afterwards. But it does. It jumps down. You, you hear all of this, which I thought was a great sound font to like hear. The sound design in this movie is amazing. The sound yeah, design in really this good. movie is really good because you hear everything that's happening. And the alien like is they, they catch a glimpse of it early they go outside to scare it away scare people away and you you know meryl he's tracking it whether he sees it or not like you said it you hear it jump off the other side of the, the roof like you hear dun, yeah. dun, 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 of it like hitting the ground and then runs into the corn and you see the corn the, in fact there was one part where uh, meryl throws a rock into the corn i was just like even if he went inside and the rock was thrown back i thought that would be a good little moment Oh, you wanted your ET moment. I, I, my, <laughs> yeah. I really did, but that—that's probably paying homage to ET. In fact, like just because you're expecting it clearly. Or saw any yeah, kind I mean, of reaction. He, yeah, yeah, he does. Uh, he does kind of echo Spielberg a lot in this movie and in most of his movies. There was a time where people thought that he was going to be the new Steven Spielberg. Like I remember, there was a magazine cover from 2001 or something. I think it was during the filming of this movie, actually. Where he it like, was like the new Spielberg question mark? Yeah, Spielberg. and he, he was like had his hands on his hips, and there was like a cornfield behind him. <laughs> yeah, yeah, I, I, I think I even might have bought the magazine because I was like, I need to know more about this M Night Shyamalan because he's cool. He's cool as fuck. He made a dead people be a not a dead people. He's a ghost all along. Well, well, I mean, I saw Unbreakable in theater, and I thought it was the coolest shit I'd ever seen in my life. I was like, this guy just blew my goddamn mind. You can make a superhero movie that's grounded in reality. They'll never do this again. Um, I think like every superhero movie before that was sort of like, I mean, not grounded in reality, but it just did. It felt like the budgetarily and like the way that they made movies, they couldn't make them sort of over the top. Yeah. Like you couldn't get a Spider-Man movie in 1996 or a Superman movie. They couldn't have made that. I don't think they ever could have made that Nick Cage Superman movie and people take it seriously. Right, yeah. You know, like it, it I think it would it was always destined to be garbage. Yeah, I guess Burton kind of changed the the way people yeah, thought about it. Yeah, that's for what I was going to say. Yeah. yeah. Yeah, and then uh yeah. Spider-Man even kind of feels like a Burtony sort of world. I it, the Tim Burton there's sort of the Danny Elfman music doesn't help <laughs> to, to try and separate itself from Batman, but even the the sort of campiness well, I mean, of it yeah. is there, right? Sam Raimi and Tim Burton have a lot in common when it They've comes got, to stylistic it's like choices. Yeah, they have the same sort of DNA running through their veins, veins in terms of like visual style. They love they love gross visuals without it being inherently gross. <laughs> I think M Night Shyamalan has a lot of that, like very stylistic. I guess you wouldn't know unless somebody told you for some of his movies that it's M Night Shyamalan. But once you know, you're like, that makes sense. Yeah. That makes perfect sense that it's him. Um, the next day, the sheriff comes back. Uh, Bo does the. This is where Bo is doing the weird thing where she's a bit of a hypochondriac about the water. She thinks it's something wrong with it. That's this is what she mentions the amoebas. Like that amoebas. cup has my brother's amoebas in it. And that's okay, This one has dust. This one has a hair. And this one has my brother's amoebas in my it. My brother took a sip. It's it. got his amoebas. Um, and she leaves the glasses of water all over. Um, they argue a bit about how Meryl um, 
knows it's a man. What the fuck does that mean? That means because they're talking. He's like, oh no, there's uh, no girl I know can. Oh yeah, outrun me and jump on the roof and all that. That was also the that was a good exchange with the Scandinavian. Yeah, it's pretty funny. And she's like, they've got these Scandinavian women in the Olympics or whatever. Yeah, she, she's also like, you know, there was this truck stop where this six foot tall woman came to town and she yeah. disappeared without a trace. So it could, she could have yeah. come to your farm. She probably came to your corn farm. And they're like, <laughs> and why? On your roof. Yeah. <laughs> why would that happen? It's a funny exchange. It's just, I think that she's just trying to not make a big deal out of something, but she's also trying to like tie up loose ends while also get to some sort of conclusion. But it is ultimately a comedic moment that's meant to sort of show Meryl's insecurities as well as the dynamic between the sheriff and like how she deals with stuff. Mm-hmm. Um, but it it's also just funny, right? Like at the end of the day, it's just a, a funny gag where she's like, you know, I don't know. I've seen some women in the Olympics and they run pretty dang fast. And it's like, well, she jumped nine feet in the air. Oh, well, yeah, these Scandinavian women. They got, women. High, they they got, that, they got women's high crazy. jump too. And the uh, father is like, I know that you're trying to make a point, but I have no fucking idea what yeah. what the point but is. Bar, that you're yeah, to make. barring yeah. Scandinavian Olympians, yeah. what what are we working with here? But, yeah, exactly. It, during this like moment, during this bit, does Bo say there's only food under the couch? And what does that mean? Uh, it's that's she's, just having she comes children, and asks for the remote is. Yeah. Oh, and there's only like Cheetos under there or whatever. Yeah, she's the yeah. only food. <laughs> but then she, she didn't says, clean any of it up. Then she says, "This is another little misdirect that got me that I that I was confused about." She's very clearly watching uh, Dexter's Laboratory, I think. Yeah. And she says, "Now there's there's the same channel on every TV." And my head didn't click into that like, "Oh, the news is on every channel, Emergency and they broadcast. only have like three channels, probably." I thought the aliens were somehow making it so Dexter's laboratory was on thirty different channels. Because <laughs> I'm stupid. Oh, I'm a dumb. Yeah. I'm a dummy. Don't yeah. watch movies. That'd be with a good me. strategy, though. It would be. Why is this? No one will know. There's some newscasters yeah. screaming into a mic. Water kills him. Water kills him. And it's just Dexter, like Didi. Yeah. Didi. Didi. Why do you come into my laboratory? Um, and I wrote, she's so bizarre. But it is the breaking news of the crop circles all over the world that i didn't including know. india and mexico I and did. also philadelphia <laughs> and also philadelphia i didn't know that about this movie i didn't know that the, there was an alien invasion like a large-scale alien invasion happening in this thing i thought this was all contained in the farm okay and after watching mars attacks a couple weeks ago this felt like a serious mars attacks moment. right but it also does contain itself really to the farm for the most part that you do get the one scene where they go to town and then the other one scene where uh, Mel Gibson goes to the, the no, veterinarian's I mean, house to I, vet to M. Night Shyamalan's house. I yeah. thought it was uh, like I thought the like the whole invasion happened to the farm. Like okay. I thought one, right. one spaceship came to their farm. They have to do. Yeah. 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 yeah um, so I'm glad. But, I, I mean, I feel like. That. Yeah, and I I feel like the the excitement and like the the humor and the story is all kind of hinged on the fact that the household itself is sort of divided on what to do and what's going on, and eventually they unify, and that would be difficult to to accomplish if it was just the one house without this like sort of outside influence, right? Like the book, the news broadcasts, and Merle slowly sort of like at first he doesn't want to believe what's in front of him and fairly quickly he, yeah, he, yeah. he jumps on board like real fast um which is also good because it shows that 
I'll be back. In he's one not stupid, but he's he's also he's very quick to. Uh, well, his big turning to, point to, was to the the birthday party, the video of the birthday party, the Mexican birthday party where they see the. That's when he but gets the all... tinfoil hat. Yeah, that's when he gets the hat. But he's already been obsessing. Oh like, yeah, he puts the TV and he like watches it all night in the closet. But it's also whatever, right? and it's also funny because he says he's like, oh, I brought the TV in here because the the kids are have been watching it all day. But he's in there obviously <laughs> watching it all day. It, yeah, yeah w- watching it even longer. There's also a funny point later where like Mel Gibson is like, so in that book, does it say what happens if there is an alien invasion? And then they he goes into great detail about all the options of what humanity would be faced with, and then. <laughs> Like you, this long comedic shot of Joaquin Phoenix being like, "I'm sorry, what book are you guys?" Talking about? <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> like he's just doesn't want to interrupt. Yeah, he's just listening, and he's clearly getting real nervous about the situation. Um, I think this is about the time where they go to town, right after the uh, the discussion at the table. It yeah. is the time during the movie where I questioned. Um, yeah, they make them go to town to get their mind off things. This is where I questioned what the relationship between Meryl and Graham is. I thought, I mean, they do look very similar to each other on purpose because they're brothers. <laughs> but yes. Yes. I thought that he was the wife's brother. Okay. Which would have also Well, the, co- the police officer tells him. They do mention it was really it. nice of you to yeah, move in. Yeah, she says it's nice. It was nice of you to move in, in uh, with your brother. Yeah, is that, does she say that? Yeah. Okay. Yeah, yeah. I know she says it's nice that you moved in. I didn't know if she outlined that it was definitely. I believe she says your brother. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. Like, that was that was really nice of you. Um, so I, but I, yeah, I can see how if you missed that one little tidbit, it would be like, how whose brother are you? According yeah, and I guess the... I already knew the whole time, so it didn't... Yeah, exactly. I, did, I wasn't, like, trying to figure out Mine who he was yeah, exactly. as well. I thought... Because I had seen this one. At this point, he was the eldest son. But the ages don't really make sense, so I was still confused. I remember being yeah, like... Yeah, yeah, that also makes... Yeah, you're also right about that, because... They do seem like they like could be, an like... an oldish man. Yeah. Yeah, they, they seem like they could be, like, 15 years apart, which... Yeah. I don't know. In the in the, the olden days before yeah, back, we were back born. in the early two thousands. Yeah. But like I mean to say like when Mel Gibson was born, for example, like I guess like in the fifties or sixties or however old he is. Yeah. It was more common for people to have a shitload of kids and it was also more common for people to have kids with like large gaps yeah, between stagger them. Stagger them pretty pretty heavily, yeah. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Uh which doesn't really happen anymore because people can't afford children. No. So we just don't have them. Or like, it's not even like we, I could afford to have children, but we're just sort of like, we like to have freedom and money and I'm a child adult. Or even just nobody, even if people are consciously having kids, they're not doing it. Like Mel Gibson is the kid you have when you're 18 or 19. And then you get pregnant again when you're in your thirties or forties and you have Joaquin Phoenix, right? That's what I was, that's kind of what I, my line of thought. Like, yeah, he could have had, yeah. Or from another marriage or whatever. Yeah. Um, yeah. The bookstore owner uh, <laughs> is a weirdo. Oh, yeah. The bookstore. Ha- so he goes in and asks for. Wait. A w- book on extraterrestrials. Was this the thing where there was like a. They all split up. So we get. Guy who's like putting his own books in the store, or is that some from something else? Oh, that, that was in I don't, Loki. No, she no said that. Guy. She that said was they, on Loki. She said the book came in. <laughs> yeah. She said, "Oh, the book so, came in by mistake. It must have been for the big city folk or whatever." Yeah, like they 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 only had a book on aliens because 
it, it was, was an accident sent to them erroneously right yeah and uh we kept it for the city folk yeah. i think it's over there the funniest part about this sequence is that there is the owner of the bookstore or whatever this man and is and like i actually he could just be the husband or we don't even know if they're married I don't you know, know. women just, can own bookstores older. too you know yeah right i'm not saying well, they, okay, there, there are that, six a there's a six that, foot book hey, salesman. hey, hey. everybody calm down <laughs> the couple who own the bookstore <laughs> Uh, the the man of the of the two is clearly crazy because he is completely denying the fact that this is real and he's calling it a hoax while also or a conspiracy while also believing in an equally if not more ridiculous <laughs> conspiracy of that they're only doing this to sell soda to right people. sorry <laughs> okay my note didn't make a lot of sense and also I did there's a thing in Loki season two where did you get to that part steve anyway i haven't watched the last two episodes don't it's talk not about a spoiler it. it's it's kind of a spoiler everything is a spoiler everything according a spoiler, to you so why don't you just leave it yeah. let it lie anyway what happened there in that last minute is i got confused by the word soda and i thought that there was a character that came in and did the thing that i alluded to but yes you're right it's very funny that this owner it's like they're just trying to sell sodas yeah, that's I've seen eight, eight, twelve eight soda, yeah, or whatever soda commercials. I've seen twelve started. soda. Any else from the other today. room? Thirteen. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, and then we get a little tiny snippet of a soda commercial, which is funny because it's just the commercial is just soda, 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 <laughs> yeah, soda, yeah. soda, soda. Yeah. <laughs> and meanwhile, Mel goes over to the pharmacy to get uh, to get um, Morgan's asthma which is also funny because. And she's like everybody else. She's like a teen girl. She's yeah, like Tracy Abernathy. Yeah, she's been she's been sinning. She's been swearing. She tries to she tries to corner the reverend into doing a uh, to tell him all her her sins. A confession. A yeah. confession. He says, "I don't really do that anymore. <laughs> I, I'm I'm kind of not I'm not a man of the cloth anymore." When I was trying to say uh, caller earlier, I was trying to say cloth. Um, but basically, she just starts rattling off everything she's ever done. also very funny because he said she shit yeah and <laughs> bastards, bastards. <laughs> and then she basically confirms that anything can be a curse as long yeah. as it's in the right context but the best part about it is she jumps from 37 like curses 71. to 71 <laughs> with <laughs> douchebag just the word douchebag yeah. i like that she keeps track of how many times she says douchebag well she's got a she's worried about still getting using into it. heaven man yeah i guess i'm gonna do that from now on i'm gonna track yeah. how many... i don't want any of you to be alone with tracy abernath ever again ever again you understand me <laughs> which like, also okay. which can well i mean which also sort of alludes to the fact that maybe she started talking about some real weird shit after yeah, we, yeah. after the camera turned off for sure uh um, and then, uh, sorry, go ahead. I was going to say, we we move on after that point, but let's let's not forget the most important trip during the trip to town, <laughs> yeah. which is which is Meryl going to the recruitment office. The trip to Crazy Town <laughs> in a seg in a new segment. I like to call characters that Steve could have played <laughs> with uh, with uh, whatever Cunningham, the recruiter dude. The recruiter, yeah, and he's just like he. It's like here's the this... here's the sting for the segment. Hello there. <laughs> Hello there. Um, we get this shot of like a po Merle looking at a, a recruitment poster, and then it just sort of like pans over his shoulder as you hear some guy like, you know, it's uh, 
it's it's not what we think. It's something much more sinister. <laughs> and, and just like this guy yeah. is like he's spouting off the the most ridiculous sci-fi B movie nonsense. You know, they're sending people down to check things out and you know do some scouting and 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 then in the moment of this like crazy rant, he has a moment of realization that like. Holy moly, aren't you that guy who aren't you Meryl Hess? Five, yeah, you hit that 500 foot dinger and set the world record or some shit. Yeah. Why why aren't you in the big leagues getting your feet licked by beautiful women? <laughs> beautiful women. Yeah. So he, not only is he like a, a creepy weirdo who uh you know says off-putting things about aliens, he's also a creepy weirdo who likes his feet getting licked by beautiful women yeah that's that's the height of success for him he also, what, I, yeah. what i love about that interaction in that character is can you imagine if you're okay put yourself in the actual context of the movie you are military minded you're like mm-hmm. okay aliens are here they are doing reconnaissance they are staging an assault but then you just see someone who's like kind of a local celebrity from a vague time ago <laughs> and suddenly you don't care about the aliens at all and you're just like oh my god it's Merrill you know what I mean like you know what I mean another and, person who lives in my town you've yeah, got three exactly, records yeah. why are you why aren't you a big baseball star he also <laughs> mentions mentions probing during this but he doesn't say like yeah, the aliens yeah, he's like yeah, you're probing yeah. around I, uh, and I was like that's probing. an interesting way to like fit that there was word a moment the today there's a moment today where I considered looking up that monologue and, and performing it for you guys, but it's like, I, I don't know if I should do the whole thing. Um, also, the movie does confirm when the record was set. It was 1997. When he goes to grab the bat, it says 507 feet set in 1997. So yeah, five years ago, yeah. Yeah. So he's, pr- yeah, so Merrill's probably, he, he was probably 17, 16 or 17 when he. I don't know how old he's record. supposed to be. Well, it was like yeah, junior, yeah, junior league or ambiguous. little league, wasn't it? No, it was minor league, minor, so you can okay. still be. So he's maybe you're not like necessarily in high school, right? So he might be like. Yeah, you're not necessarily in high school. I mean, we can speculate all freaking day long. I'm speculating. I don't know what minor is there a cutoff? Is there a, a cutoff for your age in the? Minor hey Google, league? how old are you in minor league? Sorry, I don't understand. She doesn't understand. Sorry, I don't know anything about fucking sports. Yeah. No. Stop. Hey Google, stop. <laughs> um, <laughs> yeah. But he's got the five records, uh, and and that's when he's like, you know, he asks him why he doesn't. And then uh, what's the guy's name? Pinsky Jones, played by Michael. His name is the president from Wet Hot American Summer. Michael Showalter. Yeah. He turns around. He's like, you know why? Because he also has the most strikeouts. And as Merrill's leaving, he says, "I just thought you should swing at the. You should just swing at them. Or it felt wrong no, not to it swing. Felt wrong. It not felt to wrong swing not to swing. <laughs> Which yeah. is a one of those M Night Shyamalan like that has a bigger meaning." Yeah, it's and, like a watch the second time line. Yeah. 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 And I that hit me hard for some reason. I don't know why these like innocuous moments hit me so hard in this movie, but it's just cuz it was I'm a like, sign. Yeah, it was a sign. That's a sign. And I'm like M Night, I know what you're doing. I know what you I see you, buddy. Um That's right. Michael Showalter. Uh, Morgan reminds me of Macaulay Culkin. I just wrote that. <laughs> I wonder why. Uh, and they, so when they first get to town, Graham is like, okay, you guys go do your things in town. This whole sequence, while it's happening, I didn't realize that this was just an excuse to build these characters out a little bit. 
but while you're watching it, you're kind of like, oh, they're just off doing their little things. But it, it's a great retrospect scene because when they all meet back up at the pizza place where Graham says at the start of it, meet me at the pizza place at five o'clock or whatever. Or 15 minutes. Or in 15, 15 minutes. And they all get there. And then I start having that moment of like reflection on all of the weird little adventures they just went on. And it kind of led me to feel like I want to see like more of these people's lives in this small town because everybody is so bizarre they're like simpsons. a lot of characters they're like simpsons characters or something yeah they're very cartoonish and it's it's fun and even even the officer she's the same way it's just yeah. it, you kind of get her on on the farm so it's like it's it's just like oh she's kind of an oddball and then you go to the town and you realize it's because she's from oddball town yeah yeah another <laughs> she's the another sheriff of oddball yeah another thing I liked about the the day trip was the own the whole intention of going there was so that they don't watch TV and focus so much right. on the aliens and get out yeah. of the house and then they go in there and it's a small town and everyone's all, talking anyone's, about it and the yeah. only person who gets away from from it is mel gibson and he's stuck with uh tracy abernathy doing his, the, but the thing that he tried to leave he six yeah months ago. It, so he gets stuck doing a confessional and then the kids get lump like bombarded at the bookstore and joaquin gets the the probing talk you know what i mean so it didn't really it did the op complete opposite of the intention i got the sense that merrill was trying to like look into joining the military because he was sick of being in this podunk town but at the same time with the threat of an alien invasion because they all play it like they all outwardly play it like they don't believe it but they all clearly believe it yeah it, it, which is sort of the crux of the characterization of these people you i know? think that the bookstore guy does not believe no he's he like, believes it's a it's a soda he's a flat earther who yeah. believes that it's a it's a yeah. soda conspiracy but you know like the father who who renounced god he's he doesn't want to believe that there's an alien invasion coming but you know there are signs you know the the people coming from the stars and religion are very like intertwined and Merrill is he's kind of been he's at the end of his rope at this point i feel like and he and he doesn't want to believe it but he's the first person to get like the most obsessed with it he yeah, gets yeah. red-eyed and like won't stop watching the tv even though um even though <clears throat> morgan is very like obsessed with it in like a nerdy way you know he's like he's clinical about it yeah and he's very clinical about it and he's very like he, he's very rational about all of it he's like very factual and I don't know what the fuck's going on with Bo. She's a creep. She's a creep. Yeah, she's a <laughs> she's a <laughs> small girl. Yeah, yeah, she's just a small girl. She's crazy. Who recently lost her mom, yeah. and aliens are invading. Aliens Let's are cut insane. her a little slack. Um, okay. One, one thing about Meryl, <laughs> Alex. One thing about Meryl is, um, like, yeah, and if you think about it in the context of his life, like in the snippets we see, he's very endearing, um, very likable, but. He is a has been like, uh, you yeah. know, like very he feels like, like a failure. Oh, yeah. I could have been I could have been, you know, what I mean, a baseball player and all this. But his only claim to fame is hitting a ball really hard. But it's only because he just <laughs> Babe Ruth's it and just basically swung as hard as he could every time. Every time. And anyone yeah. probably could have done that if they were had the right luck. And yeah. he just works at a gas station. In, yeah, he like, definitely needs town. a little bit more from what his life is, right? He's but he's also super. Con he's like, uh, like even when they're re recanting the story of chasing the alien around the house, 
he's like, I don't know, I'm pretty fast, you know what I mean, and all this. And I feel like when he's looking at the recruitment flyer, it's kind of like, he's like, oh, yeah, it's almost kind of in like, I think in his brain, what he's not saying, he's always thinking is like, oh, yeah, I could take these aliens. You know what I mean? And it's kind of like, even though he hasn't really accomplished anything at all, in his mind, he's still like, Oh, I'm in my prime. I'm, you know, what I, mean? I could, I could go and kick some alien ass, kind of thing. That's good. Yeah. He's fighting the fight already. Yeah, That's good like insight. he's already imagining yeah. going to war with aliens. Yeah, <laughs> and, and, and obviously being a big part of it and succeeding. I don't know if you guys are huge Earthbound fans. I, it's we're on Twitch. I got to bring it back to video games at least once. Yeah, but he kind of reminds me of a grown-up version of like Ness. If like Ness wasn't yeah, called yeah. to action until he was in his twenties especially at the end when he's like fighting the alien and just like just going just doing smash yeah. attacks at him that's just a little thing that i that i picked up on and there's you know he's from a podunk town uh anyway we get to the point where they're all at the pizza place and it like after all that comedy now we get we a- get the moment where we all cheer because m night Shyamalan pops on the screen <laughs> well, and we, we go yeah there we, he is then uh, we realize i don't like on, that <laughs> you don't like it <laughs> I don't like self-insertion that much. He does. I think and, it's become. And you a can staple. clip that. Yeah, <laughs> I think it's a staple of his movies, and I, I, I get excited when I see him. Like when I saw him in Cabin of the Woods, and he was like selling air fryers on TV. I was just like, hey, there he is. He's on an infomercial. See, yeah, I don't mind that. I don't mind that, or like a Stan Lee cameo. But it's like, I wish he had kept. Yeah, he's up... a he's a, a pivotal character. He needs chicken movie. wings in all three of the Unbreakable movies, and I wish he would have <laughs> kept that up. He doesn't yeah. eat chicken wings in all three of them. Well, at least split and uh, in Unbreakable, he's like a Mr. drug Glass. dealer. Right. <laughs> like, is trying to want to buy some wings. Into it. <laughs> <laughs> at least split and glass. I, when he showed up in old, I was like, why isn't he eating chicken wings? Thought that was his thing. Now <laughs> he just had, <laughs> That's he just has barbecue sauce. He's the on twist his and chicken wing guy. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> but it, it it is a moment where you do you're like oh there he is and then you realize yeah. through context clues that he is that fucking him? killed the wife. He did, uh, it. but he also is not that bad of an actor either. So no, he's I, not I, at I, all. He's pretty good. No. I don't really find it all that distracting when he does have some business to do. Um, and I think that his role in this movie was performed well enough that, and uh, this is like before people knew that it was him, right? Like, yeah, before this, we've got Unbreakable, which you don't even really see his face in that. And then we had, um, oh, the yeah, Sixth Sense, which I can't the, even, stadium, I can't even remember. Right? Yeah. I can't even remember what his cameo is. I don't is remember in if he's Sense. in, I don't remember it. Um, but this one, he gives himself like a full character role. Yeah. Yeah. A named uh, character, a named character who is the whole reason for this family's uh, current mental state. Yeah. Uh, which is running his wife over with a car and pinning her against a tree. In um, <laughs> and he catches there. The whole family is staring at him. The only one who doesn't know who he is, is Bo. And she's like, what's going on? And uh, Morgan is clearly doesn't realize that he hasn't seen him before, I guess, because he yeah, says, is that, is that him, him, right? And, Mel Gibson um, probably gave yes. him a really colorful description of him. <laughs> and he just, he just saw the only brown guy in town get into a car and be like, that must be him. I know what you meant by that. <laughs> I remember him from the stories. Yeah. Um, and you get the, the sense that Mel Gibson 
is still not, you know, obviously not come to terms with it, but he's also very much not come to terms with the fact that this is the man who did it. And it's, it's obvious in this, this tension that they haven't spoken to each other yet. Um, from both of them, you get it from uh, M night Shyamalan and Mel Gibson where they meet eyes and it's like, it's awkward as, as M. Night Shyamalan kind of mad dogs them a little bit too. Yeah. A little he's bit. He's getting in yeah. the truck. He's just like, Oh, you, you want to be next? You know what I mean? Like, Rev's like, engine. Don't, walk, don't take any late night walks there, I couldn't, father. I couldn't help but feel. He pretends to fall asleep at the wheel and drives into the pieces. <laughs> they, yeah. He just, he's getting into his I truck with, a, with a clear bag full of NyQuil. <laughs> oh, my God. Oh, man. I couldn't help but feel, though, that they did all that comic relief stuff to have this moment feel... Yeah, even here. more heavy. Yeah, yeah, it, yeah it works wrench, though. It... Wrench your heart a bit more. I went yeah. <gasps> out loud while I was watching the movie, so it, <laughs> yeah. did, it, it worked. Um, yeah, we they go they go back to the farm. There was a moment earlier where the sheriff shows up and uh, Morgan's playing <laughs> with a the walkie-talkie, and she's kind of like, "One day you'll work up to the walkie-talkie, but for now you get to use the old baby monitor." And when they get back, the baby monitor starts reacting. And uh, yeah. they think that it might be the aliens. And then Morgan or Meryl starts to describe. Also, by the way, that's not what happens at all. Just I just want to be clear. <laughs> what do you mean? She tells him she tells him about baby monitors. She doesn't give him a baby monitor. No, she she says the, she says you can it. use a baby monitor. Yeah, that's and yeah. Then you get it. yeah. But then he goes. Then off screen he goes and digs it out of the basement or whatever. And he's like, I was I went yeah, down to the he, basement. Jason didn't is, say that she comes to him with like a mahogany box and opens yeah, it. Yeah, she it's has a baby like a monitor. bunch of. It's like, it's like, like, you know what I mean? Monitor. It's like a, a training a training knife. Until I know, but there's there's an important detail, which is that he finds it in the basement, and that's the reason that he's able to navigate the basement later on. Oh. Okay. I just want to. Sorry, just wanted to be clear. Keep me know? honest. I want to make sure that yeah, Steve keeps me <laughs> honest. Uh, but my point here is that Meryl describes incels fifteen years mm-hmm. before incels are a <laughs> yeah, thing. Yeah, yeah. before the term was created. Yeah. He basically says That's a good line. he basically says that they're nerds who study Greek mythology and they love making up secret societies, which is yeah. kind of what a red pill thing is because <laughs> so that other nerds who also didn't have girlfriends can join the secret societies. Yeah. yeah. Which I loved. In 2002, that's incredible foresight. Because I feel like there were nerdy people being acting like that. Yeah, then. that's the Marvel community now. Like you yeah. were talking about in the uh, the thank yous moment. Uh, <laughs> that's what Marvel fans have become. They're just gatekeepers. Yeah. yeah. You can't like this. Yeah, like I, I saw the Marvels. The Marvels was fine. It was funny. It was a family comedy. Don't take it so fucking seriously that the X-Men and Fantastic Four didn't show up and fight each other in the middle of the movie. Okay? Is that what you expected to happen? Not <laughs> Did me. Did somebody expect that to happen? Okay. I, I'm being hyperbolic, of course, but oh. I feel like every movie that comes out... Like, we got... I, w- I was happy that it just didn't have anything to do with any of the other fucking shit that's going little, on in the We got one like... little connection. I'm not going to spoil it for the people who haven't seen it, but there's one little there's one little tie-in about halfway through the movie that's a cool, like, nod to the other movies, right? Like... Yeah, but what I mean to say is that it didn't, it didn't have a big jerk off fest where we have to talk about Kang showing up later. Like, <laughs> well, Kang's done. That's over. Yeah. <laughs> Jonathan Majors is. That's it just has funny. a villain and they fight the villain and the movie's over. Yeah. There you go. You don't need to have a bunch of. I went to the theater with my pals. Stuff. We had a good time. 
You don't have to watch 18 hours of other things to exactly. Also I had that. not seen Miss Marvel and I got exactly what I needed to from the movie about who she is and who Which her is family also is. And cool. I was like, I understand this family. I don't need to watch the show. Yeah. Um, but they do get a sig- they get a signal that sounds like the clicking noise that you were trying to do earlier. Yeah, I, I'm sad I can't get it to work. I guess I, I thought it was louder. And then at this point, I was like, this movie kind of reminds me a little bit of Nope. Kind of has this a similar kind of because like, it's on a farm and there's Mel Gibson's involved. there. <laughs> 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 Let that oh, one God. breathe a little bit because that's later. Yeah. Uh, no, I guess just not just because it's on a farm, but the, it's got a similar sort of storytelling. It's not a it's it's twisty. You know, Jordan Peele might be the new M Night Shyamalan because he doesn't do. He does. Yeah, I think that's a fair comparison. They're they're both both kind of Hitchcocky in the way that they uh they have these these very high concept ideas, and a lot of the time they are suspenseful and full of you know horror in quotations for M Night Shyamalan. He does he does venture down that road quite a bit, but and stylized. They're very, they're very stylized. stylized and they're very. Um, I would say that Jordan Peele is is a little bit. He's harnessing the reality of of people's reactions a little bit more and the dialogue feels a lot more natural in those movies to a certain degree yeah. uh, and then when when the heightened things are, are going on that's when people start to like speak very odd and strangely and you're like okay what's going on here um yeah whereas m night from... Shyamalan movies just, are just always bug nuts weirdo jordan peele's people. like his history talking about getting their toes is... licked by beautiful women <laughs> he writes like he wrote sketches for the majority of his career and then transitioned into writing films and is doing horror in a unique way in a yeah. from a different with a different voice and Night mm-hmm. Shyamalan has a very he's got a he's got a very specific voice and a very specific vision that's different but I just I thought that these two movies like they had similar beats they had similar messages almost maybe not messages so much Maybe, yeah, yeah. I get I get what you're saying. Yeah. At any rate, um, that night the dog is freaking out. Isabel, you're gonna again. Very silly when this is all make believe. Almost talking to himself as well. I believe that was uh, Graham that said that. Yeah, it's it's so. Again, it's one of those moments where you're like, I talk to myself sometimes, and I talk to my pets and stuff, obviously, but. <laughs> I don't think I've ever said to an animal like you're gonna feel really silly when this is when you find out that this is make believe. So that's many true. things that that's, to an animal. I do that. I do that to my cats. But that's why I pointed out that it's like he was talking to himself because he's, yeah, this sure. is when he he's going. He we get that we get a great like sequence of him like going getting a f- old old timey flashlight. Well, I guess old timey for the '80s, not the really old timey flashlight later in the movie. But he gets a flashlight, one of the big ones with the big block battery. He goes into the cornfield. This is where I want to go watch the movie again. I don't know. Alex, you've seen this movie a bunch of times. Yep. Steve as well. Is, is there anything else than what is obvious here? No, I don't think so. I think it's My, specifically done that. There's one alien and that's it in this whole moment. It's specifically meant to, you're not supposed to see anything. So they're not going to sneak stuff in there for you to see. Uh, and the, the one thing that they want you to see is the thing they show you because right. it's creepy as heck. Especially yeah. like it's the fact that it's a leg is so weird like it's like and it's it's a strange looking leg and it's obviously there's no clothing or armor or anything and it's like 
the way the leg is positioned is almost like it's wearing like a high heel. Like it's like, you know, like or, uh, the nightmare before Christmas when the leg is coming through. and, and you know, <laughs> yeah, so yeah. It's almost like a, like a lady's leg. There was um, also, um, we forgot to, I don't know if you, I don't know if we were still talking, were we in the town when I left the room for a second? Anyway, the, the army guy, he was mentioning that like the way these aliens have started to appear was more like them doing reconnaissance. Yeah, like yeah. they're scouting or whatever. Yeah. So they're we not actually that, yeah. trying to do any damage. They're just looking around. They sent their scouts, essentially. And that's what this whole sequence kind of felt like, too. Like, he, ca- he caught a glimpse of one of the scouts who was in living in the corn or in an a-, a spaceship just right above the corn. And he's chasing him in. And the, the alien's just there doing reconnaissance. Because when the aliens actually start fucking shit up, they're pretty intense. Like they're pretty crazy. Yeah. But at and this they're point, not, they are not um, quick to fear. They're not. Yeah. They don't stand down. They're not stupid also, which we, yeah. when the one, the one that's caught in the pantry might be like, a, like kind of like with how bees are all drones, but some of them are a little bit smarter because they have, they have to do a, a higher function. This might be a situation with these where the, the scouts are drones and they are dumb. They can't like figure out basic like doors and stuff. How to use a door? Yeah. But then later, yeah. the aliens are literally like tricking them by knocking on the door and trying to find yeah, alternate ways in, sure. right? Like so, this moment was like a a cool little. But it also played this whole sequence plays as like the horror, like one of the scariest parts of the movie, because when you see that glimpse of the leg, it's I rewound it a couple times to like desensitize myself to it. Yeah. Because I want it. Because the first time you're like, ugh. And then you were like, "Did it? Is it really that bad?" And then the second time, I was like, "Ugh!" Again, and it's really, it's, it's really, gross. it's a weird, yeah, yeah, it's creepy. It's it's definitely alien uh, off-putting. It's it's an alien's leg. I wrote and down. I, also, I, I was just gonna say, I wrote down at this moment. I better not get jump scared. <laughs> I don't. Well, think I remember thinking, like, when he's tearing ass through there, um, just how fast they can be right like we've seen how physically capable at least agile they are so it's like you know what i mean it it's like it has the stakes feel real yeah yeah the fact that they can like leap off of a roof and you know sprint to a cornfield without you even seeing them also you know it indicates that they're extremely fast as well right and i mean yeah. merle also kind of confirms that with his i'm fast <laughs> yeah. i'm the fastest one in this room <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. Well, i just got some new shoes you want to see how fast anyone. i can run in yeah. them yeah. Yeah. <laughs> and uh and graham yells to the alien at this point because he still thinks it's not really thinks it's a hoax he yells to them like um you aren't gonna get famous i'm not gonna tell the police and or the news and yeah. that's him. He still doesn't really realize the severity of the situation. And uh, I wrote this part as tense because the whole because there's even a part where he like falls over and the flashlight goes out and he does that thing from like horror games where he taps on the yeah, yeah. taps on the flashlight. And I was like, oh, yeah, this is fucked. <laughs> and part of that is probably also just trying to convince himself that nothing like yeah. to try to maintain the narrative in his own head that. It's not aliens. Yeah. And it's kind and almost kind of like, you know, that instinct to intentionally scare yourself to like wash it away. Like he walks out in the middle of the, of the field in the circle and is like yelling at an alien. Yeah. Uh, it's kind of like, you know, when you go to take a leak after a scary movie and you open the 
the shower curtain to look in the, <laughs> ah, to make sure yeah. that there isn't a murderer in the shower. Yeah. Where you, but you, or you like that false, false bravado, you know what I mean? Well, I go, I go camping every year, and uh, that literally happens when it's you know midnight or one o'clock in the morning, and there's you know half the people that are camping are asleep. It's like me and Mike Frank still up playing some card game, and you go off into the horrible forest to like take a leak, and then your eyes focus to like the darkness and you just think you see every monster yeah you know and so you like walk back with purpose to try to be like i'll fight everything yeah, yeah. that's yeah or you're taking a leak and you just say yeah i know you're out there yeah you, you kill me if you want exactly just... or you're literally also like mushrooms the... and you're like ah. <laughs> <laughs> the story i told at the beginning where like i'm in a room full of scared you know boys yeah. And then I decide that I'm going to scare them more to make myself feel less scared. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, you you kind of took the side of the aliens. Yeah, which is an I interesting an alien. Yeah, yeah, you you would be the first one. You'd be like an alien sympathizer right off the bat. Like, they're not that bad guys. Yeah, yeah. they just I'll want show, our blood. I'll show you how to open the pantry. You know what I mean? Like, right off the bat. I think that this house has a coal chute. <laughs> yeah. yeah, Steve's out there banging on the door. <laughs> I'll bang on the door and you go around to the coal chute. You go to the coal chute, there's the load coal in here. So this is at the point, though, when he, he runs back into the house and he's like, okay, we can turn on the TV now and see what's going on because I just saw some shit. Uh, and they do. And they, it's, it's a full-on invasion. There's like, um, I think they show Mexico and there's just like, 60 lights over top yeah. of mexico yeah and, which uh, is like now in the year 20 like between 2021 and 2023 we've seen videos like this like actually in real life and they they cover it for an afternoon and then everybody doesn't give a shit anymore because they're like yeah i don't care if the aliens are there let them come yeah let them be there yeah they're too afraid of us you aliens yeah there is a meta aspect um so I attempted to watch this movie in a certain lens because this is a movie that, although I've seen it a lot, I haven't seen it in a long time. And I kind of forgot about right. seeing the, like actually seeing on the news, the UFOs and mm -hmm. kind of that more concrete evidence. And I guess I've like, have you heard the, the people postulating or the theories that they're not actually aliens, that they're demons? Like there's I that have kind heard, of, I've heard yeah. that before, yes. And, um, and I guess it's like, oh, well, like people think they're aliens, but they never like, there's no nothing to really concretely say that they're aliens. And it's like they're demons and he's like a priest. And the and I was like, okay, I'm like, I'm going to try to watch it in that lens. And then it gets to the point where they're watching the news and they see all the UFOs and they're like, and the, the craft entered Mexican airspace. And I'm thinking, I'm like, how, what the hell are these people talking? How the hell do you think that these might not? That's like when one person says something and then a lot of people run with it and then they they force themselves to believe yeah, things that and are like... It, it's like some cool contrarian like... Yeah. And, and, and even before I watched it, I googled um, something to the effect of like, what does M. Night Shyamalan say about this? And he, even he says something along the lines of like, oh, it's like you know what I mean? People see things they can't explain and everyone that just jumps and ex and expects that it's aliens and they put this label alien and all this. I'm like, but yeah, but then you put UFOs in the movie. Yeah. Right. Yeah. So, like... But that, that even could be him, him hearing that, that, that theory. Yeah. Right. And like, obviously people will lean into religious imagery 
because the movie is about a man who was a priest and has lost his faith. So they're going to be able to find things when they're looking for it. Yeah. Um, but I mean, also let people have their wild theories, I guess. Like, I guess who, so, am, yeah. who am I to, to say you're wrong? But like, and that's, that's how I tried to watch I it. Agree Until with I saw you, UFOs yeah. <laughs> and then I was like, eh, I don't think yeah. demons have UFOs. <laughs> also, uh, Cran dance in the chat would like to know what movie we're talking about. <laughs> Oh, uh, we're talking about the rundown yeah, starring Dwayne, Dwayne the Rock, the Rock Johnson, Johnson and the Sean movie William you were Scott. supposed to come on and watch with us a couple months ago. <laughs> mm-hmm. um, I think just my theory is that in our reality, the UFOs are a myriad of things, ranging from weather to uh, classified technology. You're talking about our the in reality like our reality yeah what all these like oh, God. aliens <laughs> are i don't think that beings from another galaxy or dimension have ever been here and if they have been i think they're smart enough not to fucking show themselves yeah you know a prime directive always comes to my mind when i think about alien invasions and it's like if they're smart enough to get here I don't think they're just going to immediately be like, hey, guys, we're here, unless they're going to Mars attacks us. (laughs) Yeah. (laughs) One thing, the other thing is, though, you think about it, and do you send your smartest guys first? No. You send a monkey or a dog. (laughs) Remember Russia sent a dog to space? (laughs) Yeah, Laika. (laughs) Laika was the dog's name. Or if it's uh, Fire in the Sky, you send, like, barbarians. (laughs) Yeah, which is kind of what these dudes. No, like, those guys is... were just those guys were garbage men. Garbage boys. <laughs> they were perverted truck drivers. Let's yeah, get a human. They were uh, exiled <laughs> yeah. from their colony for being perverts, so they go pervert. <laughs> yeah, to... yeah. Put on some clothes, goddammit. <laughs> well, at the end of this movie as well, they they say that they were taking people, right? So that yeah. they're, which it, you don't really, you're never gonna figure out why. It's just like, and I guess that also plays into the the demon theory, where it's like this is the rapture or whatever, and they're taking yeah. people to hell, but. I that's a good I've, I've heard that theory is born. I, I like that I've, you watched I've, through that lens. Yeah. It, well, and I, yeah. I tried to make it through, but then the UFOs and there's some <laughs> other stuff. When we get to the appropriate parts, I'll also point out some 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 very damning uh, pro alien anti demon points that I kind of got myself riled up about again about the uh, the demon people. But well, this is yeah. Earlier in the, the movie, Morgan says like this is going to change the science books. And then the man on the television at this yeah, point yeah. says everything it. they wrote in science books is about to change. And then <laughs> yeah. the news broadcaster says the exact same line, like three seconds later. And he goes, yeah. I told you. It See? even says it like a kid, like it's such <laughs> yeah. the, the like grammatically. It's like, yeah, not it's right so clunky like, <laughs> yeah. and weird. Well, he says it exactly the way that Morgan said it. Like, yeah, an hour for ago. sure. Speaking of, that's when they said the name of the movie in the movie. It happens twice. It happens. Actually, it might happen three times. But uh, at 42.02 and 43.19, they say signs. So he says signs. To- he says, uh, sorry. He says sign talking about people breaking into the two groups when he's telling the story about signs from God or the lucky, the lucky ones who feel like just happy to be here and the people who fall into the category of like they're scared and that life is worthless but then at 43 19 he actually says signs and then towards the end of the movie at 
did I write at one hour, 35 minutes and 35 seconds, they say science again. So that's when they said the name of the movie in the movie. They said a whole bunch. Yeah, it's when he's like dying or whatever. And he's like, it's a sign. That's when they said the name it's of the science movie in the movie. <laughs> it's an M. Night Shyamalan signs. We've gone on a bad streak of them not saying the name of the movie in the movie. And when they I show... would call it a good streak because I don't like when it happens. <laughs> but when they show the sign, like when they show the symbols on the ground at the beginning of the movie, I was like, oh, is this it? <laughs> <laughs> so I wrote down, I wrote a timestamp for that, but we didn't have to talk about that. I wrote every time they saw a street sign. I was like, there's a sign, there's yeah, a sign, yeah. there's a sign. That storefront is a Started sign. singing the song, <laughs> but I think like the Yardbirds or whatever. Sign, sign, everywhere, sign. So we kind of skipped over the part where he's reading the book, right? The Or is that, um, does he, is that later? Well... He, they go back to the book, and that's when we see the picture, the perfectly drawn picture of the house. Oh, yeah. Of their house, yeah. Of their house with them dead on the ground. <laughs> yeah. That's a sign. Yeah, that that is quite the sign. And I feel like a responsible parent might have, like, lingered yeah, a maybe bit we... shorter on that page. <laughs> yeah, let's turn the page. Be like, like, everybody sees the page. Everyone sees the picture. Everyone thinks, wow, that looks exactly like our house and an alien is burning it. And there are crisp bodies of like a parent and children on the ground. Yeah. And that's that's the appropriate time to be like, oh, what else is in this book? Yeah. But instead he draws it. He says, that kind of looks like our house, doesn't it? <laughs> you know, yeah, he, he, like, he may really as well have like then pointed at the bodies and been like, and that looks like <laughs> that us. looks like Bo. Yeah. <laughs> well, yeah, that's like the next thing, because before that is Meryl tells a story about a miracle he experienced the which barf. was he was oh, yeah, the getting with a girl at a party they were drunk uh he turned he had gum in his mouth he turned his head to get rid of the gum and she puked all over herself and he's like i'm a miracle man she almost puked in my mouth that would have scarred me for life yeah i yeah. would have been traumatized for the rest of my existence i and he's feel like, like and the then, bar the bar for miracles for meryl is there it's pretty low yeah, yeah pretty and then graham bar. is it's, like but it is almost making out with that girl is again one of the few highlights that he's ever had in his life but That's then graham true. hits him with do you know what your mother's last words were yeah, <laughs> like yeah. right after that and they yeah. were swing away which what like she they they posit that she was in her final moments some synapses fired off and she was like brought to one of his games, which was kind of sweet but dark and weird. Yeah, but after he, he tells he that puke story, he, his delivery is like, "Yeah, well, she said this, and it's it's a chemical thing, and it's all bullshit." Yeah, like I, you know what I mean. He's but he's very shut downish about kind of about the idea of signs of something greater, where it's just like at the time he's like, I I think he tried to find meaning in it, and then in the context of that conversation, he's like. But it it's all it's all just random no noise that means nothing. Well, I recognized yeah. in that moment the point of their the point of their juxtaposition between a miracle person or a lucky person and a fear person was without saying it, just telling that story about that final those final synapses. Is he's a fear man? Graham yeah. is a fear man to the bone. He feared God, and now he fears death. And we yeah. it's haunting. Yeah. It's chilling. Yeah, but he's also he's also kind of at peace with the, the fact that he's afraid, right? Because he he says uh, we're alone. No one's gonna no one's looking out for us. So yeah. we have to look out for ourselves, basically. Yeah. Um, and uh, more than once throughout the movie, after this point, he's confronted with questions that he answers honestly, and almost always those answers 
people are yeah, looking for yeah. comfort from he, him and he's well, just being blunt yeah even <laughs> in that conversation he's like some people think the world's gonna end do you think that's true yes yes yeah. yes I do. <laughs> <It's> like... <laughs> and then later when they like they sleep through the night and wake up he's like you didn't think we were gonna make it through the night did you and he's like nope i really didn't <laughs> i thought we were all gonna die yeah so we get the uh, we get a flashback here to the night colleen died uh Mel still... oh i also wanted to mention it funny that when they're they argue over which tape to tape the news on yeah oh yeah it's, it's just like i'm gonna use your tape uncle merle and it's just, <laughs> just like it's a swimsuit special which I'm like, yeah yeah what does that mean it's, <laughs> like, he it's just, just obviously like a... taped some like some... It's like a Miss America contest yeah, or something. Or exactly. Yeah. The Sports Illustrated used to put those things on TV that were just like a woman. Like remember, like remember uh, Wild on. We were show? fourteen at the time. I yeah, don't know. you're with the, the fucking <laughs> Jason, demographic. We were, we were having sleepovers in basements. <laughs> yeah. You weren't watching the infomercials where it's like, yeah, get out your tongue. Yeah, we weren't in rural Nova Scotia. We had a lot of we had a lot <laughs> with going the perverts on. We were in rural, rural Brampton. <laughs> we we come from a similar place is my yeah point. i know i'm just teasing no that's that's funny um i knew what a swimsuit special was i felt like oh, i yeah, mean i I, I, I had an image conjured in my mind <laughs> yeah I was like, oh, it's what just, is, it could be anything i don't know what yeah because is. it's just something came on and there were some babes in swimsuits yeah and he ran I, and grabbed the tape and recorded it and was all excited and then exactly got and out a the, marker the and the like vague, <laughs> the vagueness you know I mean? of it is where the comedy lies right where it's like it could mean a Miss America contest, or it could just mean like a volleyball game. Is yeah, anything really? Just it's it's just it's just they're so close to taping over the ballet recital, yeah. and you're weighing the importance of this precious moment. Yeah, that is you'll never get super back. important. You'll never get yeah. back. It's so Especially important where to the Morgan family. Keeps saying like this thing on TV, you're gonna want your kids to remember it. And well, Bo exactly. is like, well, I want my kids to remember me yeah. having a. Ballet but then you but but he Morgan makes a kind of a valid point where it's like this is the most important thing that's ever happened that's ever happened yeah and we we have to document it but then it, the the yeah the humor is like you're it's like Sophie's choice of what to do about this tape and then they just have <laughs> like Meryl's stupid throwaway jerk tape off that, tape <laughs> yeah, exactly. yeah he's been using this material this crusty for eight swimsuit years. tape it's that he could just spank the, bank the pages are somehow <laughs> stuck together. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> <laughs> Uncle Merle, why is this tape so sticky? Why, is this, why doesn't it play? Why is it so? Uh, it, it won't go into the VCR properly. <laughs> Disgusting. Why is it uh, worn out in this one part? Oh, <laughs> the tracking's yeah, all just tracking is all fucked <laughs> yeah. up. Like one moment, like one thirty. Anyway, Merle's been jacking it. Um, the flashback to the night that Colleen died. Mel Gibson is still a reverend at this point. Graham is still a reverend. Uh, we find out that Ray fell asleep uh, just that night, Shyamalan, and he wasn't really to blame for anything. He just was tired because he's a he's a doctor, veterinarian. He's a veterinarian. Veterinarian. Well, he's a he's doctor. A he's a he's a dog doctor. Doctor. Anyway, it was late at night, but it was also dinner time. <laughs> Yeah, 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 yeah. Yeah, how tired was this guy? What time yeah. was it? It was like I was 6:30. working. I was working until uh, must have been yeah. must have been 5:45. Must have been 6 p.m. <laughs> Listen, I had to do 14 yeah. cap epidectomies today. Yeah, and I am. He's I'm pooched. My dogs are barking. He's at he's at the clinic giving ketamine to some horse. It's like one for you, one for me. You know what I mean? Like you, one for me. Yeah, check that man's blood. Oh, yeah, he wasn't God. drinking. Yeah. No. <laughs> 
anyway he wakes up from it as a, as though he was dreaming he wasn't drinking but there's a lot of anesthesia in his veins <laughs> yeah, yeah he's got... all these empty nyquil bottles <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> he's like you know if you drink enough nyquil and you force yourself to stay awake you really trip out and see some crazy shit and then you, you borrow yeah, old Merrill that i drove into this woman and pinned her to a tree <laughs> and that alien showed up you drink enough NyQuil and borrow old Merrill's oh, fucking sim- swimsuit contest video. Yeah. You see some yeah. shit. Yeah. Uh, so he <laughs> he runs downstairs or he runs over. He goes into... He, Merrill's in the closet with the TV now. Bloodshot eyes just watching the invasion happen. Um, He talks about the bird hits the cloaked ship and stuff. Yeah, there's a wall actually, or something. I wanted to talk about this a little bit because this is one of those examples of, you know, there's a rule in filmmaking where you, you show and you don't tell. And um, there are examples where that is the, the case is opposite. Yeah, they and tell I would say a that lot the, in this movie. <clears throat> yeah. This is, this is a lot of moments in this movie are, are told to you. Um, but the visuals that um, they evoke are really powerful because I, I'm still convinced that there is a scene in this movie where you see a bird hit an invisible yes. thing on the news and falls. Yeah, because he even just points at, at it. He points and he's like, like, oh, there's a bird like here. Yeah. yeah, and he says they've been showing it all day over and over again. They found the bird and its head was crushed. And like, you know, there's a few other movies where this happens. Um, there are people who swear that you see the head in the box in Seven and you don't. Yeah. Uh, and this is one of those moments where I'm like, I again, I watched it this afternoon and i watched it on tuesday and i'm like i swear you see the bird though right like, you're looking today, for like, like a little yeah. pixelated bird but i have like the image in my mind of <laughs> this thing falling and what they do show is how like how horrified and terrified he is yeah he's he's freaking out um and you know there's a couple of other moments in this movie where i i have memories of things that occur but it's it's not you don't have those things it's just the movie is is does such a good job of describing things um, through people's emotions and the way they're reacting to them that you don't need to see them and you're and you're feeling the same thing that they are um which again is just sort of a good example of of m night Shyamalan's sort of magical powers as a as a filmmaker um he he does it in a lot of his movies but uh i you know like even though you don't see the wife split in half there's like a part of me that's like yeah i know yeah i know i know what's happening i here thought and I, I thought yeah. i remembered Oh, yeah, I, guess, I guess I don't remember them falling like, reversing the pieces. truck. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. <laughs> but like you, you. But I must have ex- imagined it very vividly when I was yeah. a kid. But or you, you just imagine that the reveal of the wife is a lot more gruesome than it actually is because yeah. of the amount of detail that the officer gives in describing what's happened to her. Yes, and, you, uh... and she gets the hot dog out and everything. Yeah, and <laughs> the taco <laughs> and I, yeah, breaks it in half. I kind of want to watch that movie after watching this movie. I yeah, you say. should. Charlie Sheen's <laughs> hamming it up. They keep making references to everything, not just yeah. You'll movies. you'll you'll understand a lot more of the movie this time around. I'm sure. Yeah. Like actually, we're not so different after all. <laughs> yeah. Leslie Nielsen pees out of his finger. <laughs> uh, this is also where we get the great shot of uh, the kids wearing the tinfoil hats. Yeah, yeah, uh, which is. Another this is... thing from this movie that, like, I knew about it that from the, over the years we'd see stills from this movie. Them wearing the like, they're not just tinfoil hats; they've got a little point on them. They're like, like full Hershey Kiss. Yeah, situation. yeah. <laughs> it's definitely a part of the iconography of this movie. Where when you th- when you think of this movie, you think of very specific shots, and you know the field with the the sign in it, them with the tinfoil hat, and like, um, the glasses of water. 
and yeah, I guess like the end with the alien in the, like reflection in the TV. Those are the, yeah, the three yeah. things that it kind of like I think of most when I think of this movie. Um, also, some of the funniest lines in the movie are in this sequence, you know, split directly in half by the horrifying image in the bush, <laughs> which is yeah, also yeah. the where we talk about it, the more I'm like, that's pretty funny, too. Um, but he's like, what are you reading? And he tells him that it's the book. And he says, uh, who wrote it? And he says, scientists who've been persecuted for their theories. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, for the... <laughs> So unemployed scientists. Yeah. yeah. And then he's, you know, he's, the, when he says that, the snarky comment in, in uh, Rebute, it's like, he, he almost like doesn't let him. He's like, well, I'm not going to let you read it if you're going to make fun of it. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Asshole. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. If you're not going to take this seriously, then just go yeah. and get yeah. out of here. It's very mature. Yeah. Uh, and then he of... makes fun of the scientist's name, which is, I can't remember what it is. It's like Mr. M- or Professor Mookie or something, something yeah. weird. It's like, it, it doesn't sound very, uh, very professional sounding but uh again like morgan just like gives them daggers like hey man just like yeah. give me a second and we'll read it together here they determine the the <laughs> aliens also are like either explorers or they're hostile and yeah. that sort of comes up in a little bit where it's like if they're just exploring then that's fine they're here to just look and leave yeah if they're hostile they're going to attack and if they lose they're going to leave and come back with a bigger army that's mm-hmm. like a later, a little bit later that they actually get to that point. Yeah, hundreds, perhaps of, thousands of yeah. years from now. Yeah. So either way, we're screwed, um, essentially. But what happens here that I found really interesting, there's, there's not a lot of real jump scares in this movie, uh, but there's a telephone ringing jump scare at this point where they're just talking mm-hmm. to each other and the phone rings like louder than it should be, which I've noticed that movies will do sometimes to like whatever the opposite of breaking but the, tension Yeah, is. I, I think the... You know, I, I'm not a huge fan of undeserved jump scares, which we've talked about before because we've done quite a few horror movies here and there. But when one is deserved, I, I'm i always happy, right? Like, it startles you. You get the effect that it's going for. But you're also, like, it's breaking attention that they've built. And if it's unexpected and it scares you, it's different than something just popping up in the screen and making right. you frightened for two seconds. And then you're like, oh, 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 my heart. Whereas this is like, you know, they're showing you something that's already quite scary uh, and odd. And Alex, as you said, it's like he, he really focuses on that. But he probably <laughs> should have turned the page. And that's where you get the phone call, right? Yeah. Um. So I would say it's all of the jump scares in this movie, which there aren't too many. I think maybe the hand. Is the hand yeah, is, the hand yeah. is definitely a jump scare. Um. The it, It's more eerie. I think than anything else. And it, it makes you feel like you're going to get jump scared. It ratchets the tension a lot. Like it really kind of holds you on that line. And I don't like that either. That's, that's the (laughs) whole reason why I was afraid of slasher movies when I was a kid. I thought every movie was going to have, you know, the big moment. I thought every kill in like Friday the 13th was Jason coming around the corner and axing people to the face. When you watch those movies, you actually realize it's not really like that. It's a lot more, like the, there are jump scares, but it's a lot more like deliberate and kind of funny the way that he kills people. Like there's a scene in, I think, uh, I think four where he just throws a guy through like three front windows. Like there's three windows in the front of a house. He just throws a dead guy through it. And it's so yeah. chaotic and crazy and funny. But the editing of that scene for a split second, you're like, <laughs> did Jason just jump through the window? And then it just shows the guy dead. And you're like, oh, no, he threw a guy through the window. Yeah. That's much better. And that's those slasher films from the 80s, are, there's a lot more of that. But it's it's this kind of storytelling, this kind of horror that gets under my skin a lot more even now. Because they don't have to rely on any gore. They don't have to rely on any like any like 
plotting killer or monster. And there's no kills. There's no kills. No. There's um, almost one kill. Yeah, yeah, almost. Which is almost like a prophecy thing, too, which made me... When she's like, I, I don't want you to die, and then you think he's going to die, and then there's a little M. Night Shyamalan twist that mm-hmm. he doesn't. It's like, oh, she's actually not a clairvoyant. She's just a weird kid. She just <laughs> yeah. thinks that all these terrible things are going to happen all the time. Yeah. Probably because <laughs> her mom got pinned to a tree. Pinned to a tree. Yeah, and she's half. definitely got yeah. trauma. At yeah. the chest, uh, at the stomach. And let, and the amoebas. Just <laughs> don't forget about the amoebas, yeah. So it's uh, the person on the phone is Ray. Ray um, just hangs up. I did want to say that I think one of my favorite lines is when he's leaving to go answer the phone. And Mel Gibson says, everyone in this house needs to calm down and eat some fruit or something. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> so yeah, I, yeah. It's like such a weird dad answer. <laughs> yeah. like, just eat some fruit and you'll feel fine. Uh, and I agree. Mel yeah. gets to Mel goes over to Ray's house. We don't know who is on the phone, but then we find out that he went to Ray's house. Uh, he sees the house is trashed. Um, the truck is packed. He uh, Ray has blood on his shirt as if to uh, show that he was in some sort of tussle or dust up. And also the dialogue that Ray says here is really weird because he says he's I've got one trapped in my pantry. And then he talks about going up to the lake where I hear that they don't like water. But the way that he says the the i've got one trapped in the pantry is really reminiscent of early in the movie when when Bo says like there's one like there's a monster outside my room where it's just yeah. in passing and you don't like it's that's it's weird that he said that and, and then, he also kind of says it late and it's it's like they have this whole conversation and it's like it's again it's like wouldn't kind of bearing the lead it's like wouldn't you be like wait what was shit, that there's an alien in my pantry <laughs> yeah like yeah. right off the bat right I think yeah. um, the purpose of this, I mean, logically, yes, but, you know, his, his movies are illogical a lot of the yeah. time. Uh, and it, it is all determined. So <clears throat> the, the issue with that structurally, it's the I would micro say, twists that, that I was talking if he about. Said, if he was to say that first, then you're immediately. The whole conver- it dominates you want the conversation. Them to go look, yeah. Yeah, yeah, you yeah, want yeah, them yeah. to get in the house immediately after that. Um, and it also, you know, it, it then adds the tension that you need right at the end of that sequence for him to go in the house and you know yeah. what he's dealing with. Right? But this is, the, about it. there's an information dump during the scene. Like this is, a, this is like a mini climax of the movie because he mentions that there's, we see the house ransacked. He, he turns around, sees him in the car. He, he mentions there's something in the pantry talks about where, like the water thing. And then he's like, it's, there's no way that I could have been on that road that night at the perfect time that your wife would also be there. It's like, it was fate. So, like, yeah. this moment has so much be. fucking, it's like an exposition dump without it being a literal exposition dump. It just it just assures you that you were right about a bunch of stuff throughout the movie mm-hmm. and also makes you feel a way about a bunch of stuff from the movie. Yeah, it's also supposed to be a moment of uh, reparation for yeah. him, right? He He's given the opportunity to forgive this guy for what he's done. And he, though he doesn't say the words, you can kind of see it in his face that he is giving him the nod of like, I really appreciate that you're also, saying this. But he wrote I'm the getting... movie, so he's trying to warn him. He's like, I, it's water. <laughs> yeah, yeah. <laughs> Water's okay. the thing. Yes. We're yeah, talking yeah, about yeah. the grander theme of this <laughs> sequence. No, literally Not... a night Shyamalan. Make sure you scene. stock up on water guns. <laughs> yeah, 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 yeah. <laughs> Uh, give, give him a knowing wink. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> but we do you do... have a hose? Do you have a high pressure hose with a nice <laughs> nozzle on it, Mel Gibson? Yeah. Well, and I thought, and 
in the in the moment it felt like it seemed a bit callous in his like in his like it's almost like i was supposed to run over your wife yeah. i'd be like you know what i mean like if someone said that to me i feel like i would have an outburst you know I, for what I mean? sure like, but i i think most people would but i think that the training that he has as a reverend yeah, and, yeah. and people coming to him with their problems and probably just talking from a, a perspective of like this is almost therapy for me and just saying what's coming into their heads he's yeah. so used to dealing with it and it does have a massive effect on him right like he almost breaks down and starts yeah. crying but he also understands why this guy is saying it he's saying this because he needs to say that and he needs to feel that way in yeah. order to justify the fact that he essentially committed manslaughter yeah and it's important for mel gibson's character i think to like be faced with that that scenario in which he has somebody saying something to him that could potentially be so hurtful or so uh full of uh, re- request for uh forgiveness mm-hmm. and he doesn't choose to do either right he he kind of like toes the line and it, it looks like he wants to grab him and be like you fucking asshole yeah. i don't believe in but god he takes, anymore. He takes confession yeah, yeah basically yeah. yeah he reverts to that and that's that that is very intentional like yeah. that he's having that moment and he does good ray does get to do a huge thank you or thank you (laughs) thank you for letting me kill (laughs) your wife (laughs) sorry i misspoke he he does get to do a huge apology here where he's like i am sincerely from the bottom of my heart sorry um and then then he suggests an alien's in the pantry he's like go to go check out the pantry yeah stay out of my pantry i think i got one of them trapped and like yeah are you sure (laughs) <laughs> no, he just didn't want him to raid his NyQuil stash. Yeah, He's like, stay yeah, out of my yeah, pantry. Stay out of my NyQuil. find out all there. about how I'm a booze <laughs> hound for NyQuil. And I mix DayQuil at the same time to reach NyQuil Everbibrium. Yeah. Afternoon Quill. Yeah. NyQuil Everbibrium. Before we do get into the house, though, we do get the sequence that yeah, I think a lot a of people when, when we were here. kids... When we were kids, this was the scene in the movie that like everybody talked about in the schoolyard and everybody was like, you see signs? Holy shit. That part with the news broadcast is the wildest thing I've ever seen in my life. Nowadays, it's like, OK, you know, it's coming. It, I guess it could still be pretty freaky if you don't know what I you're didn't about know. to see. It was really cool yeah. looking found footage from my point of view who had never seen the movie before. It spooked me when I watched it. Yeah. Recently. I mean, I've seen this so many times that I'm, I'm now just like over analyzing what I'm looking at and being like, ah, it's kind of walking weird. They could have animated <laughs> that slightly better. That's how um, I felt about but... when we finally see the alien at the end. But this has the quality of it's like somebody filming it on an actual camcorder, not even a phone. Yeah. So it's got that graininess yeah. to it. And I thought that the alien was going to. So they show the, this backyard that it's like it's comically shallow like the the area from the window to the hedge at the back is like maybe eight feet like yeah. it, it was there was only enough room for like a table and some chairs it was have really... you seen a backyard in toronto <laughs> yeah i know Tiny. but it felt it just felt because the hedge was so high maybe i think that's what right it, it was maybe representative of the corn they were he was trying to evoke the feeling of the corn from the cornfields earlier in the movie maybe maybe that's what he was going for but my right. point here is that like when that shaky cam panning over and then they show the alien with that like zoom in zoom out thing that they always do with camcorders yeah. it looked really real the cgi yeah. was not bad at all for that when they're like just showing the alien with a hard shot at the end of the movie and it's clearly like bad 2002 cgi that's when i was like ugh 
That's they only do that once though in that that's entire true. sequence. That's true. Um, they show the alien mostly in reflections, which I thought was a good way yeah. to get around it. But yeah, I don't know why they wouldn't it's just, just they, like do. They a, had to a show the water. They had to show the water burning it. And true. Uh, I don't really know why we needed to see it because we could just have the thing making noise when water drizzles on it and we would get it. Or even um, like steam, like just see the steam go up from being My theory of this is that, because I did watch a, a making of thing and they, they did want to do practical, but there was a bunch of issues they ran into, so they ended up going to CGI. My theory is that um, they probably tested the movie without showing the alien at all in the sequence and people were a little bit confused. So they're like, we need to have some sort of shot of the water touching the skin for people to actually get what's going on. Um, I don't know if that's true, but it would make sense to me. I just wanted to um, use that because there was no, I didn't have any like crazy theories and you said theory. So that's. Can you do the theory thing again? I can. My iPad is talking. I have a theory that there were no aliens. It was just Lionel Pritchard and the Wolfington brothers. <laughs> I'll read back my iPad for some reason. No. Playing music. It's him. <laughs> Run. Run. He's got his, his theories. <laughs> They're all so terrible. <laughs> So we had, we had previously thought it would be funny if like if somebody has a bad theory that because it originally started with me fucking it's basically just headcanon just like yeah yeah th- uh, bong Nonsense. thoughts from my dream journal which is another thing that we <laughs> called it uh, so the short theory I think I'm gonna do when somebody says theory now but if you get that sting that's it's Terry Pritchard the whole time <laughs> um, right. <laughs> um... <laughs> Oh, it's also weird to me that every time they show a news broadcast, the news broadcaster will be like, this footage was shot by a 32-year-old man in Argentina. Or like, this movie was shot by a 45-year-old yeah, man. Like, I'm like, why do they the... keep saying the ages of the cameraman? <laughs> so strange. That's M. Night doing a little mean. Do they do that yeah. on the news? I don't think they do. No, yeah. they definitely don't. I don't know. These um, numbers mean something? I think they just want to establish where it is, and then the rest is kind of filler to make right. it seem less like X just blatant exposition yeah, it's like people say people's names on the news right i'll we'll just say everyone's age constantly uh we're definitely where gonna... was the, where was the party it was my, it was the no it, wasn't, party? it was uh i think they were speaking portuguese see i watched it on disney plus i and um so did i at the at the beginning because i always watch everything with subtitles they had uh, the kid the kids were talking and it said speaking in spanish and then when they get to the window the one little boy says, and it's like speaking in Portuguese. in Portuguese. Okay, I thought I thought it was supposed to be Mexico. Somewhere. I thought it was supposed to be Mexico too. But maybe they had a Portuguese kid there, a Brazilian kid. Uh, but no, that's no, just it's saying. just it's just bad subtitles, I'm sure. Um, okay, so I just want to. It's we're ten after the hour. We're gonna pro, we're gonna go way over. So we'll buckle up. Is that cool with everyone? I'm buckled. Cool. Because <laughs> we're also I, close to the end, so. I think we're going to be able to gloss over some stuff towards the end, and we've talked about a lot of it already. But anyway, um, we definitely have a moment here where uh, Mel still thinks it's a hoax. <laughs> yeah. He, uh, Graham still thinks it's a hoax going into the pantry. The host has been ransacked. I thought it was ransacked. I didn't really put it together. It's a fight. They fought, yeah, he they fought the alien. And, fought the alien, yeah. pushed him into the... Um, the closet we get a really funny thing where he's 
pretending to be a police officer because he <laughs> still thinks it's a person. So he's saying like you'll get off. They took with... him downtown in a paddy yeah. wagon, exactly. hedging his bets that it's either an alien or a or Lionel Pritchard. <laughs> but he doesn't know how to speak like a regular cop. He only knows how to speak like a cop from old movies. Yeah, so he's yeah see, like look, he's... your friend's down in the paddy wagon, yeah. and then he even do- like even like wagon. does like the. <laughs> Why did I say paddy yeah, wagon? Yeah. So, yeah, and then he basically he gets a knife. This was really fucking freaky to me. Because we've seen the alien now, like, in bits and pieces a couple times. And I thought we were going to see, like, the alien's face, you know, jump scary kind of way. And this tension here is so good. He puts the knife, like, the shiniest Cuisinart fucking knife you've ever seen underneath the door. And he's looking around with it to, like, see if he can get see the reflection. And we don't see it. But while he's, he pulls it away and then puts it back. And as he's putting it back, a hand, the freakiest hand you ever saw, yeah. comes through from underneath, like, the fingers. And he just, like, fight or flights the fingers off. He just cuts the fingers off. And we learn later that I guess they have he- some sort of healing power. Because that alien was fine later. No, his finger was missing. Yeah, they were missing, but, like... Oh, yeah, like, no, like, not blood. Yeah, or... yeah, no, it didn't look injured. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah. Oh, shit. Did we lose Steve completely, Steve or what? Steve dropped. Okay. He was like, I hate this theory. Theories. Yeah, it... <laughs> theories um so i'll say this i obviously knew that scene and i know it's the finger scene right and i'm bracing for it Mm -hmm. but um again i haven't seen the movie in a long time i just i felt like i was bracing and bracing and bracing and they just weren't giving me the fingers because you're right he goes in and he comes out and he goes in and he comes out well how do you think i I felt you knew it was coming i know i know (laughs) but i was like i kind of psyched myself up for the fingers and then they just really keep that going, right? Yeah. It's uh, it's one of the... It's like the only other jump scare wasn't even a monster jump scare. Yeah. This was literally like... This almost feels like the climax of the movie in a lot of ways. It's not because that kind it's of... The, it's kind of a payoff, though. It's, it's kind of yeah. like a payoff. It is a, an actual confrontation yeah. with the alien instead of just... It's either hearing, it's not even seeing it on the news, having Meryl tell you about what he saw on the news, or just, you know what I mean, seeing the shadowy figures and stuff, or the leg. Exactly. Corn leg. Corn leg. Speaking of Meryl, uh, Graham runs over It's going to be my new Sea of Thieves handle. Corn leg. Corn leg. Graham runs the fuck out of there because he's like, I'm not about this. And when he gets back, we get the iconic shot of the three of them. Now Meryl's got the the tinfoil hat on. And that's that's an image right there that I've, like Steve was saying earlier. That's so, the iconography of that is so prevalent. And that's what you think of when you think of this movie. Like the the poster, that image, and uh, the rest of the things. But it's very funny because it's like, it's set up so perfectly by the kids having them earlier. And then it's like, yeah, exactly. Puts, you know what I mean? It puts him in. It's almost kind of like a Mr. Bean turkey head moment. Yeah. <laughs> you know what I mean? Like, and you see him. Right. <laughs> and, uh, and then even then Graham doesn't really, it's like he, what does he say? He says, I think I saw one at, uh, at Ray Reddy's house or whatever. Mm-hmm. It's like, he just cut its fucking taloned fingers off. And he's like, yeah, okay, well, maybe there's an alien. I guess I there's know. aliens. You know I mean? like... And this is this is what I was referencing earlier, where he's like, what happens if they're hostile? And he's basically like, you know, they would fight on the ground. They, we wouldn't want to nuke them. 
because yeah. then you know they don't want, it seems like the aliens want this planet as their own planet it seems yeah. like they want to maybe terraform this place into being one like their own world yeah if they if they cause, they're not going scorched earth exactly if they cause the humans to go scorched earth and that just fucks up their whole plan uh, if they lose on a you know in a ground mission they're gonna leave and come back in a hundred years maybe a thousand years and we yeah, yeah. still lose oh steve dropped again i wonder if it's his internet um welcome to the jason and alex show hello this is my new co-host alex <laughs> And we're talking science, and we only talk science now. It's the only movie yeah, we do. Each it's a science week, podcast. We can come back, and we just cover the movie, the same movie over and over. In uh, before time, time immemorial, to time after memorial. Mel would want to go to the. Oh yeah, okay. So this is where they cast the vote. Basically, yeah. Basically, Graham wants to bounce and go to the lake, as Ray Reddy had mentioned earlier. Uh, and I think, is it Morgan wants to stay and fight? Morgan's like, this is Morgan wants to hold the ground and yeah. And Meryl also wants to stay and Bo and Bo wants wants to to go, go. but we get this strong bond between Bo and Morgan throughout the whole movie where you sort of learn that no matter what Morgan wants to do, Bo is going to end up following suit. So she, she initially goes with her dad and then when Morgan says what he wants to do, she says, I want to do that. And then <laughs> uh, Graham starts doing dad politics where she, yeah. when she switches again, she, he's like, no, you, my vote counts yeah, for you don't two get to change your and vote you don't get to whatever. change your vote. So we're going, but they end up staying. And then they do kind of like a, the last meal, like the last meal. This is also during this, like we just get a, that shot of Meryl going to get supplies and he's coming back with some supplies and he throws the rock that I mentioned earlier. Yeah. But uh, we also find out that the lights are over 247 cities. Now they're straight up invading. Um, And this is uh, war of the worlds. Yeah. And I think this is the point basically where Graham has decided that we're going to lose. Yeah. And that it's, that is over. Like it's the end times. It's the end times. uh, And it's like the, the unknown is yeah. is the thing about it right like they don't really have any frame of reference mm-hmm. and they've already had their host violated several times by aliens you know <laughs> yeah. like yeah they've been there they know they've walked they they should have had a scene where they literally see a footprint in the grass of yeah a weird foot or something yeah. or like in the dirt I guess there's a giant weird footprint of a of the signs of the yeah crop that's true yeah the they, yeah they do they do leave some imprint, <laughs> um, but yeah and I feel like it's it's um, like he's lost his religious faith from the beginning, and then this is kind of like the secondary floor falls out and he's lost faith basically in even the hope to survive yeah you know what I mean yeah and the and the the dinner which is feels like almost like Jonestown. You know what I mean? It's very like, and I, and that is definitely something that I didn't think was so heavy handed when I was younger. I don't know if I was just too young to really get this, like his emotional state or whatever, but it's like watching it now. It's like, okay, he's certain they're going to die. He's just trying to have a comfortable death for his children. Yeah. They, um, with with a tear in his eye and a smile 
after they're literally boarding up their house, he he brings up the concept of the final meal. And he's like, yeah. what do you all want to eat? And they go around and Bo wants spaghetti. Morgan wants uh, French toast and mashed potatoes. Yeah. Meryl wants chicken teriyaki. And Graham wants a cheeseburger, extra bacon. Yeah. I was surprised with what they were able to whip up with what they had. The teriyaki, like, yeah. the teriyaki was, was a real like, curveball. I guess it's just a bottle a lot of the time. Like, you know, the <laughs> yeah, VH I guess, yeah. Teriyaki. It was just like an instant ramen pack. Teriyaki. Yeah, but they they also strike me as the kind of town where you go to a restaurant and they have rice on the menu and they're like, oh, rice. Ooh, rice. <laughs> That's not a potato. Yeah. With sesame oil? Holy Ooh. moly. Good gravy. They also have gravy. Um, this <laughs> The scene where he's asking what they want is really sort of a... Uh, it's like a telling moment of like, okay, he's, he is losing his mind to a degree, right? Like he's, he's, he's on his way to, uh, to becoming a full fledged member of, of the odd world. That is this village. of people. Um, it's like, at first it feels like he's, he's trying to put them at ease and then it, and then it kind of gets strange. Well, when you were gone, I said it it gets very Jonestown and it's, it's clear that he's planning their last meal and has lost faith that they'll make it through. Right. Okay. Um, I was going to make the same connection, but I'm glad you did it. Yes. Um, and then we already spoke about the uh, the the rage Dinner. building. Yeah. Yeah. Um, which is, I guess, I think the most touching moment for me in terms of like the effect it had on me emotionally. I was like, wow, God, I'm I'm sad. This movie is working. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, there's a lot of other moments that that didn't quite work for me as well. Um, now i'm not sure if they did at some point but uh this one still works for me and uh, as i said before that comedic uh angle yeah, of him pulling Marilyn is, is just so good yeah um and then they notice then they notice the attic that the the attic door wasn't boarded or whatever mm-hmm. right i like the shots where where they were filming around the boards that was cool yeah, I also like that they fully cover up the doors because, like, there's a few of them that I'm like, the door opens inward. <laughs> if you yeah, are yeah. putting the boards there, it's just like... they have an impressive amount of planks as well. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. although I guess not enough to do the bedrooms. So. No, that's true. Uh, the planks were all like weirdly misshapen and from other stuff. It looked like they yeah, were they're from very other video doors. game planks. Exactly, <laughs> like an infinite amount of like Call of Duty zombies planks. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Or uh, there was some other game. Uh, the left for the back for blood planks as well yeah yeah um they weren't then they make this extravagant meal and then don't eat a single bite and then because they're all mortified at what's happening and then you know graham is just like just friggin' eat man we gotta eat steals the french toast which i think i'll eat some of all of your food yeah isn't that a thing that also happens to people on death row though they get this extravagant last meal and then most people just don't even touch it yeah they'll have like one bite and they're like i can't it's kind of like a fuck you to the the system or somebody will be like i want a single cherry (laughs) yeah just that guy's a weirdo (laughs) (laughs) he gets gets an electric chair and injection yeah (laughs) he must have been in for something wild but morgan like he, you know, Graham's yelling at the kids and Morgan's like, I hate you because he doesn't more. Graham doesn't believe anymore. You know, yeah. that was a really crazy. Yeah, because they want the kids want to say their prayers or whatever. Yeah, they want to pray. And he's like, yeah, we don't want to do prayers anymore. We're not a God. I'm not wasting another minute of my life on prayer. Exactly. Yeah. I think also Morgan 
it's just him saying I hate you and you let mom die is is probably something that he's been thinking and feeling for six months and yeah. he just let it out. Um, yeah. And he obviously immediately regrets it, right? Like within yeah, they all, well, less than a minute. Morgan is always the they... bigger man in all these conflicts. Yeah. He's, yeah. he's with, far uh, more mature Graham. than anybody no, else is. on this farm. Like anytime yeah. there's tension, Morgan's always feels like he's always like the... the Morgan the, is the... the... Hold up. <laughs> Morgan's the audience insert. Oh, jeez! Oh. I don't know if that's a theory. Well, we got to use the theory theme multiple times. All it's right. very short. Um, but while they're all hugging, uh, the baby monitor goes off, indicating that yeah. the, the 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 aliens are close. And also, they go to check the TV, and it's off air. It's showing yeah. that like at, like. You know, 5 a.m. in the states, they've got that yeah, yeah, weird yeah. thing, the fallout thing. Yeah, yeah. Which we we just had what you just did, the just the lines, bars. Yeah, yeah. And we we get that Color sign bunch. off, but the, I think in the states they get the sign off, and then that weird that pattern. I don't yeah. think we get that anymore. I, I this is one of those Do channels go off stocks. air anymore. Yeah. yeah. No, I, I, this is what's one of those a channel? Things, yeah, exactly. This is one of those <laughs> things where like people YouTube channel. Yeah, Gen Z and Gen Alpha are going to see that and be like, what is that? Like every channel on television just plays 24 hours a day. Yeah, now. I'm going to start when we're not doing our show. I'm going to just put the bars up 24 hours <laughs> yeah, 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 yeah. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, if that was made today, they'd go out there and they'd be like, look, and like a Kitchen Nightmares rerun is on. Exactly. Or something. <laughs> the Hot end ones. of the world. Hot Ones yeah. is just on. <laughs> yeah, yeah. <laughs> we um, got aliens here doing the bomb. <laughs> <laughs> oh, and this is the point where Meryl calls him Graham, and this is the first time in the movie I knew his name. Oh, there you go. I wrote his name is Graham, finally, but I spelt it F-I-N-M-A-L-L-Y. Because when I'm trying finally. to type... And watch yeah. a movie. I'm just like mashing the keyboard. I always think I'm going to have a short, a, a short way of writing words. And then I, earlier I yeah. tried that, and I was like, "What does this mean?" And you were, you guys knew, but oh I, yeah, I we knew, no we yeah. knew what you were talking about. Yeah. Why we did I just write soda? Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, yeah. <laughs> so we get a really sweet moment where Graham tells Morgan, uh, sorry, Bo, the story of when she was born. Um, she was like the most beautiful baby, and she was smiling, which is a weird thing, as babies don't smile when they're born. Uh, and I was like, "That's paranormal." This kid is a telekinetic, a telekinesis child. Also, I don't. If a, a newborn baby was smiling at you, it would be horrifying. I think. Like, yeah, but she was yeah, it's like a baby <laughs> laugh smile, not like yeah, not like a full tooth <laughs> grin out of the womb. Like, hey, daddy, it's scary. <laughs> I don't know. Yeah. <laughs> Babies frighten me. Human size teeth. Just looks like a fish with teeth. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah. Um, also, this part sucks. I bet if you go onto that website that is like, does the dog die? This part is probably mentioned for this oh, movie. Oh, yeah. Uh, well, the parts. dog dies for sure. Yeah. But we get that. Like, and I'm not saying that it's. It's not open to interpretation. It's just a shitty sound. The sound design yeah, yeah. Once comes in clutch. It's not it's not disturbing though. Like it is obviously disturbing to a degree, but it's not like there's sometimes when you yeah, hear it's an not animal like being earlier killed. when they stabbed the dog. Yeah, the, that's more the... disturbing. Yeah. <laughs> it's, it's not like the other dog kill in the movie. Yeah. But there there are dog yelps and sound effects in movies that make my stomach turn and I'm like, oh my god, you can really hear the pain in this thing. Yeah, I think yeah. I think they uh they might have toned that sound effect down a little bit because it wasn't uh 
It wasn't as disturbing as like the deer in Get Out making those like, right. yeah. which I believe is just Jordan Peele making sound effects with his mouth. Probably. Yeah. Um, yeah. So the dog clearly gets fucking eviscerated by the smart aliens. Um, yeah. And then, so I have to ask you guys a question that I was going to, that kind of comes up around now. I think this is the time for this. If you had to pick one, what do you think the home alone is? The home alone of it all. Can someone please tell me when the home alone? I really got to know. When is the home alone of it all? What is the home alone of it all? Now that's the home alone of it all. (laughs) Alex, I know you've seen this show before, so you might be familiar with this concept. But if you're not, the home alone of it all is the idea that in every movie. Um, there's a moment where, much like in the movie Home Alone, where Kevin McAllister slaps down the blueprint and says, these wet bandits are coming, I'm going to put up a bunch of traps for them. Um, and that's the part of the movie you want to see. What's the version of that for this? What's the Home Alone of, of it all for science? Now, I'm going to say, what did I write down for the Home Alone of it all? I'm going to say that the Home Alone of it all was when the aliens start creeping around the house right around now. Right around now is like they've got the house boarded up. They're ready for yeah. the aliens to come and they're hunkered down. What do you guys think about that? I would have called it a little earlier. I I, I felt that the, the decision to board and the confidence, they're boarding very purposely and like autonomously. Like it's not, especially when they first start doing it, like Marilyn uh, Graham are doing it. It's like, they're they're boarding up the house like it's a storm that's forecast and less like aliens are gonna jump kick through the window and kill my kids you know what i mean Mm -hmm. yep that's a good i go even earlier than that um i think the homo homo bit of it all is uh the moment that merle sees the alien on tv at the birthday party uh specifically because you see the alien for the first time and then we're we cut to graham fucking with the alien in the pantry and then that is when it kicks off to like what are we going to do how are we going to deal with this do we go to the lake do we board up the house and that's when all of the sort of stakes of the movie become extremely real to me yeah okay i did write another note after mine i I thought the home alone of it all might be this like from here on out but when ray leaves when he drives off and Mm. graham goes into the house and sees and like finally believes that the aliens exist might be another yeah, yeah that's for sure or yeah, when they introduce same. a calkin that's kind of home alone i was gonna right say the, the second they show morgan and you're like yeah oh. yeah now nah, that's the home alone of it all aliens yeah <laughs> that's great yeah. that was a good that the was a alien good... bandits the... <laughs> <laughs> it's just, it's just i mean they, they are the wet Pesci. bandits by the end they right? should have they should have put a nail on the stairs to going down to the basement exactly yeah. And if oh, if man. if Rory Culkin is doing all of it, like he's like, why don't we set some traps up? <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. It's like no, no. We've got all these <laughs> half empty. Yeah, paint he grabs cans. the basement doorknob <laughs> yeah. and gets his gets the the M burned into his into his hand. Starts putting down ornaments all over the ground. <laughs> yeah. So when they step through the window, um, that was that was good. Good job, friends. Um, then we get the story of Morgan at birth. So. Colleen, the mother, had for months, I guess, before Morgan was born, like imagined, like had dreams of what Morgan would look like. And when Morgan was born, she, Colleen, like, 
was like bleeding a lot. I think I think they're implying she had a cesarean section, but if not, she was there was a lot of blood. Yeah, so they traumatic birth, whatever it, it was. They had to separate them, but when they brought Morgan back to Colleen, she was like, "This is exactly what I had had envisioned you to look like," and then. Um, you look just like Macaulay Culkin. Yeah, <laughs> holy shit. <laughs> Have you ever seen Home Alone? <laughs> Have you seen this one? Yeah. So your hey, newborn did, baby? Hey, did you see this unborn baby? Uh, it's just a dream. Um, they forgot the attic door. This is that the moment when they realize yeah. that, which is kind of an oversight. Maybe don't have the extravagant dinner and make sure you're completely sure. Yeah, up. yeah. Make, I mean, they also forgot their dog. Like, these right. people are well, not, no, but yeah. the dog, the dogs were going nuts. I know, but they were gonna. They're supposed oh, to they put were them in the put barn, in yeah. the shed, yeah. But then, then they already boarded up the house. Yeah. Whoops. Sorry, Isabel. <laughs> yeah, yeah. <laughs> you fucked. Yeah. Uh, then they head for the basement, and we get the the basement sequence. Um, he gra- uh, he grabs uh, Meryl grabs an axe, and he fucking like a dumb man just swings it into the into the yeah yeah into the light bulb and just blo- that's something that would happen to me I, that yeah, would yeah. most definitely happen to me i would do that you rolled a natty one like i do every moment of my life every <laughs> can we day. acknowledge something is this sure. the first time any of them have been in that basement that's what i i i feel like <laughs> macaulay or macaulay Culkin, um morgan he's he's more familiar with the basement than everybody else and that's why i was brought up the baby monitor thing i earlier. was more familiar with the basement than everybody else <laughs> yeah, like i've seen this movie um <laughs> like there's coal i feel a breeze it's like it's you've crazy never been they, down there yeah or? they don't know where the that coal big grate in the is. wall is yeah it's over here i think i feel air <laughs> i feel air uh <laughs> I mean, maybe they're all scared of the basement and they just yeah, run maybe. down there to store yeah. stuff. And they're yeah, like, the Ugh. furnace is really scary. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, exactly. That's the home alone of it all, the scary basement. <laughs> oh, uh, just as a, an aside, uh, Dirac Attack is in the chat. He wants oh. to know, apologies if you guys already covered this, just tuned in recently, but I'm curious what type of person you guys are. Are you the type that sees signs or sees, sees miracles? You know, that's the kind of... A question that needs to be asked in the chat because I, we did go through that moment in the movie but if we if we backtrack a little bit what do you guys think i think i'm a sort of glass half empty kind of a person so i would probably bring up so i would be more of a meryl because i've never been a i've never yeah. been religious i would just think that the things that are happening and i would assume things would be fine maybe because that's kind of what i'm like in life personally yeah yeah, I wouldn't. I'm not like. I definitely don't see connections. I don't see things as causal. Um, I'm not even a glass half empty guy. I if it's if you're filling it, it's half full. If you're drinking it, it's half empty. Okay. It's just whatever is happening is happening, right? Now, Steve, as a uh, a natty one roller, um, chronic bad luck man. Yeah, I don't believe in luck, but if there is such a thing in luck, I got real bad luck. <laughs> but do you fear that, or do you, or are you on? The I don't side fear of... it. I don't fear really anything, to be honest. Um, I I don't want to die, but I I like I'm not scared of dying, kind of thing, you know. Even when that man pulled that big rusty knife on me, I was like, "Do I die?" I'm like, "Not today." Yeah, and not then today. I punched him in the face and ran away. Not today. See ya. Sing. So I yeah. think we're all miracle men. I think we're all on the side of. Uh... No, we're not. Gonna, I don't believe f- in miracles. No, but the the, <laughs> the metaphor is the, yeah. the miracle. Yeah, versus the I fear. guess. I, uh, I mean, I'm not. I mean, I would. I'd probably. I'm more of a fear. 
uh, dying synapse firing than, yeah, me too. than anything. I, yeah, I, I'm one of those people that believes that the afterlife is your brain going bananas okay. before you die and you experience like a, a heaven or a hell is based on your own life experience that's like up to that moment. Belief... If you have nightmares every night or if you have great dreams every night, yeah, that's where you're going to be. Belief wise, that's where I'm at too. Yeah. So I guess we're all both. <laughs> I guess I don't know. Yeah, this movie is very black and white in its in its themes. So yeah, it's, yeah. It's so it's kinda, tricky to yeah. tricky to kind of. Is that good enough for you, Durak? Yeah. <laughs> I hope you're satisfied with that answer or those answers. But yeah, the basement was definitely scary. The basement was all very very tense, um, and especially the light off part is super freaky. Yeah, I uh I'm I'm not like mega afraid of the dark. Um, but if it's an unfamiliar place and you are definitely not alone, that's a different yeah. story. Yeah, yeah. When you're in your basement for the first time and an alien's trying to get in. <laughs> yeah. And all you need to do is find that damn coal shaft that you yeah, think is down there. And your, yeah. your stupid brother who works at the gas station breaks the light bulb with a pickaxe. Well, that's just it. They they think that so when they're ch- they're kind of chased down there after they realize the attic's open and there's like a banging at the door and they use that axe to like prop the door closed. Yeah. Um and basically they sort of figure out that they're not trying to the aliens aren't trying to push through the door they're trying to distract them that's when graham as we've talked about a few times now realizes that they used to dump coal into this basement the house is probably 100 years old coal storage um and they're like there's you know there's got to be a way for them for that to get in here so they realize that there's this chute and they go over to it they find it they realize there's cold air coming through there's this one of the spookiest moments of the movie is oh, where yeah. Morgan is just standing there like, why are you guys looking at me like that? And the, yeah, hand, what? And the hand is like, well, it's because it's camouflage. It's camouflage right? yeah, at and first. Moves, and yeah. you, maybe Jason, maybe you didn't even know. I didn't that. even wreck I just saw the hand like, because, move. but it, I'm sure Steve and I watching it, you look for the hand because you know, it's there. I know. But like, for some reason I remembered the hand coming through the grate and grabbing yeah, no, him. The hand I is completely completely forgot. I was like, the hand. That's what I yeah. literally witnessed happening. So yeah, it's but if you it, watch that scene again and you'll see the hand is it, it's just there yeah it's just it, there like just, and it's a practical I don't know the aliens effect, just hanging yeah. dong out this great not doing <laughs> That's anything it's dick yeah, <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah yeah and then he just what well yeah you've seen scary movie that's where they pee out of. yeah yeah <laughs> um yeah and then he gets the asthma attack yeah and uh Morgan he survives it for now because Graham gets him. And they do yeah, kind of like a breathing them, exercise. That, talks them down. It's really tense. And this is after Bo earlier in the movie has been like, I don't want you to die. So I was like, oh, this kid's fucking dead. Yeah. And she says the least helpful thing ever, which is like, is doesn't is this where she says, I dream this? Or what? Yeah. Yeah. I, I dream this. this. I dream this. <laughs> it's like, oh, no. Like, She's like a spooky dreams Ralph are not Wiggum. cheery. <laughs> it's a recurring <laughs> dream I've had. Yeah. This yeah. exact scenario. Yeah. So now we do get the the actual flashback to the final moments. She's pinned to the tree with Colleen. Sorry, with she's pinned to the tree. Um, the sheriff kind of explains it in the previous scene. Now it's it's Graham walking over and actually like witnessing it. Everything that's been explained sort of just like plays out now, and uh, she dies. They have a very sweet final moment, but it is 
very much taken away from her. Now, I don't think there's any science that could have saved her. I don't think that there's a situation where she's ever okay. I think that no. this that's the horror of this moment is that he's going to have a final moment with his wife and there's nothing anybody can do about it. And it's almost not, it, it seems like a blessing. Yeah. But it's also like, it, it seems almost like it'd be easier if he showed up and she had been killed. Exactly. Than, like it might have been... him having to actually make the walk to say goodbye. Cause he doesn't seem to get any closure. No. I mean, obviously until the end, but it's like, he doesn't gain anything from that that interaction, right? It's not like he doesn't cherish those final moments. It seems it seems like he resents them. Well, you've you've got to like think about somebody that you hold near and dear. Oh, for sure, absolutely. Dying in that way, and you have yeah. to like be front row for it. Yeah, that's crazy. Sure. Like, I, I can, there's like yeah. part of me that doesn't even know if I'd be able to, to like do walk it. over. Like, and yeah, deal yeah, with yeah. That. No, exactly. I, I think I think about this moment in this movie quite a bit, actually, in terms of like death sequences and like you know there's there's a million movies where where people have to, are confronted with death death unexpectedly but this is like a moment that's it's so strange and kind of unique where they specifically call him there yeah they like schedule he, her death yeah, exactly like they they could basically end it before yeah. he got there but they want to give him the option to do it and it's it ultimately is really nice nice but at the at the end it's like i don't i don't know if i would have it in me to be able to go up to a person who's been bisected by a car yeah. and talk to them in their dying moments and have to get information to relay to other people well and yeah. and um and you talk about scenes you remember that stick with you the yeah. when she does like when she dies and she kind of like sinks into yeah. the hood of the car that is like when I before I watched it again, I probably haven't seen it in ten years, maybe longer. Mm-hmm. I tried to I I wanted to say I wanted to think, what were the most impactful things that I still remember, without right. needing to watch the movie to refresh my memory. One is obviously the Mexican birthday party walk. Yeah. Um. The whole the whole final showdown, the the fingers, and then the sinking was another one that I remember. That right. I didn't have to be reminded because like, a lot of times throughout the movie I was like, oh yeah, I forgot about that kind of. But this, like that, that sinking, she really sold it. It was like really. Sure, yeah. I was wondering random. about that because there are movies where I'm like, I don't know if I can watch that again because I got through it once. Yeah. And that, that the whole every time it flashed back, I was like, oh, preemptively because it's so brutal. And every time it flashed back, I kept waiting because I couldn't remember how many times they did it because they did it a thousand times. Mm-hmm. Where I'm thinking about. Like, is it, is the sink coming? Right. Right. Like, yeah. That slouch. I, I actually really liked it this time where, cause I, I couldn't fully remember the sequence of events and how much information they give you at a time. So I was kind of looking forward to each moment to, to see how much they give you to peel it. Yeah. Cause in my memory, that only happens once and you have the whole sequence. And yeah. I had forgotten that they break it up and give you tiny snippets of it to allow you almost as like an audience as a viewer to uh to prepare yourself for this thing that you keep hearing about yeah and then and what you're presented with is like far more horrifying in your imagination than you're prepared for because they don't really say how she died and that she was still alive until the last time you see that sequence yeah, yeah. um and it's super impactful yeah. and uh i mean she was impacted so much hey, by yeah. that car yeah. right <laughs> in that tree yeah that yeah. that that ford was very impactful impacted <laughs> directly into two 
packs. Yeah. Um, so back after a long day and a and a late dinner. <laughs> yeah, after... yeah, and a whole lot of Nyquil. Drinking Nyquil and <laughs> snorting ketamine all day. Yeah, yeah. just crash right into a Just woman Hanging out with like yeah. three cats and a pig and a horse. <laughs> yeah, yeah. I, I think I'm okay to drive. <laughs> I'll be fine. It's not like some woman's yeah, going to be walking right. on the. Isn't that right, talking pig? You <laughs> got right. it, M. Night Shyamalan. <laughs> Uh, so, he tosses him the keys. <laughs> you want to keep riffing? Because that's good shit. Drive away. Yeah. All of them are waving from the window as he drives Bye. away. Bye. Yes. Don't crash into a woman and bisect her. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, so, I'm safe. The, the steering wheel turns into a pillow and he just lays his head down. <laughs> Oh, uh, mercy. Very, it's very oh, Homer my. Simpson when he falls asleep at the wheel. Yeah. yeah. And he's just sleeping on a bed and then he's crashed yeah, yeah, into a yeah. tree. Yeah. I think M. Night Shyamalan was like rewatching The Simpsons when he put this yeah, movie probably, together because yeah. there's a lot yeah, of like, for sure. Yeah. There's a lot of stuff. We've seen aliens in Ogdenville, North Haverbrook. <laughs> yeah. By a gun, did it put them on the map? Yeah. Oh, man. So they have the radio on now after the, they sleep the night and everybody's all frazzled. They put the radio on and the radio person says that the aliens are leaving. This is real War of the Worlds. Yeah. This is like, yeah. this is almost like litigious War of the Worlds. Because they do say that somebody in the Middle East, I think they say, figured they out. They said a couple places, one of the places figured is out Jerusalem. Some way. Yeah. yeah, they figured out a way. They don't say it they on the They say radio. a primitive way. A, prim- so a primitive like, way. Yeah, yeah. They, 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 I think that's to imply like we didn't use advanced technology to take these things out. Yeah. They, just like a bunch of people in the streets were able to. Because the War of the out. World thing is they just get the cold, they get a common cold. They just get right? bacteria. Yeah. yeah. They just they don't, can't out. deal with our atmosphere. But the thing about World of the War. World oh, of the War. Doing it again. World, World of Warcraft. Warcraft. World of Warcraft. Um, <laughs> We're on is that the aliens were here all along and they were prepared for an yeah. ancient earth or whatever, right? Yeah, yeah. They didn't travel here and get infected being like, oh, geez, we didn't expect you guys to all have the flu. What the fuck? Yeah, yeah. Um, so to me, I'm like, they didn't know they were going to a planet that's like 95% water. The thing is, then this is a very common criticism of the movie. Yeah. Um, what I'll say is, we, I think humans put themselves in way more hostile situations on and Earth. Just going to water, yeah. True. Just like you know what I mean. It's or like, let's go it, explore like, the wreckage ever, of the Titanic. Never like a coal mine collapse, <laughs> and people are like, "What are those stupid people doing underground?" <laughs> you know what I mean? True, it's yeah. Like you can't even breathe under there with all that coal and carbon dioxide. But Why would like, you do that? Yeah, yeah. But that's it's true. Like, they found a planet. That. But they they're naked. That's the thing. It's yeah. like they don't have any this is, this suits. This movie or is really uh, a very long critique on the dangers of nudism. Really, <laughs> it's true. Like yeah. if they had any kind of uh, even an umbrella. Yeah, if they had but, any um, kind of humility. I don't know if you guys had a raincoat. Chernobyl, but they yeah. they immediate the the people who were trying to like fix the issue or like just like some miners and they oh yeah they, the sexy naked they dudes? start digging yeah. <laughs> they start just digging underneath to get to like where the like the main meltdown is to like relieve it yeah. and then they just get naked because yeah. it's so hot because it's a molten core that's just it's like radioactive it's just falling yeah. through the earth yeah um, but, um humans are dumb and i'm surprised that 
That's humans true. got out of this situation relatively unscathed. I think M. Night Shyamalan is a miracle person because he thinks that we wouldn't just fumble this immediately. Yeah. But that's I think the thing. he also it, is genuinely religious. I'm yeah. Sure. The aliens, like, yeah, people are like, oh, like, they're, they get killed by water, but they come to a planet that's all water. But they they breathe oxygen. Mm-hmm. You know yeah. what I mean? They, they don't seem, have suits on at all. They're they don't have suits, new, so they're, like, you know what I mean? If if we If we had to leave Earth and we found a planet that had acid rain, but a completely breathable atmosphere... And yeah. I, I would be, we would be like, okay, you know what? That's good enough. Like we can stop here. You, you wouldn't necessarily. But yeah, I think the, the, the only issue that I have is that they have absolutely no means of protecting themselves yes, against of it. Of course. Yeah. Hey, like what uh, if it rained? What if it was like torrential downpour during this event? Yeah. Well, <laughs> and, that, yeah. and that's, that's another thing that I wanted to circle back on afterward. But yeah, I was also, it. I was thinking like, you know, uh, what if it's, Fresh water, or like it's something we do to treat our water. Yeah, yeah, the what thing with or the, like the holy something water. in the well water or something. Yeah, yeah. Holy, holy water is a good point. Like demons. Yeah, Bo Bo's like afraid of the water at their farm specifically through the whole movie. Yeah, and yeah. he's a reverend. Like maybe the the land is you know purified. Yeah, by but I don't think that we could drive away a a planet wide invasion with of, holy water. That's kind of yeah. like. You kind of you, you got to get get guys really blessing on a mass. Yeah, you know what I mean. You got a, bunch you of got a guy. Like... You got a guy on one of those uh, those helicopters that put out forest fires. And yeah, got, and then like a, a bunch of priests up there like blessing it as they go. A by. bunch of priests driving fire trucks like <laughs> yeah. through the streets, just hosing down. Demons. Yeah, yeah, sanctifying the 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 fire hydrants as they hook them up and stuff. See, because I wasn't watching this movie really through the lens of the religion factor until the movie was done, and I was like, yeah, wait a second. And now talking about it, I'm like, oh, this is definitely like a metaphor for fucking demons. Um, yeah. Also, yeah. Durak in the Durak attack in the chat says, "Who would have thought your super soaker from when you were a kid could help defend from an Absolutely. alien invasion?" Yeah, you know, um, essentially. Meryl can't take that Graham, his older brother, his older brother is losing faith. He basically says to him, I never want to see your eyes go like dead like that again. Like if we're getting in the worst situations in life that we're in, you have to, you're my older brother. Like what, who am I supposed to look to? And you're former. And he's probably been the more stable. Like he is a reverend. He owns a farm as well. I don't know if he like the reverend, like does, is that not a job? Like he has a farm and yeah. he's a reverend, yeah. But I, he has a like a cornfield ready to go. I know that there are some cut scenes where, you know, they, they uh, him and his wife in the kitchen dancing around and stuff. So I, I, I think it's like a family farm kind of thing. Yeah, where yeah. it's like tr- passed down. But uh, but he's definitely the stable one. And then yeah. you know and they grow Meryl's corn, like, so they're definitely selling corn to people. Yeah, and Meryl's right? like working at the gas station jerking off the swimsuits what's the side hustle is the reverend yeah. the side hustle or the uh, yeah, fully functional yeah. corn I mean, farm right? that's side is hustle. he like father corn well or... it's possible that his wife was like a farmer right and yeah, he, okay. he was yeah, the... w- women can be farmers jason i don't know yeah. um, haven't you ever played stardew valley yeah, yeah that's they right. got you those scandinavian fuck. women that'll just <laughs> jump that'll clean over your corn, stock. Than the corn. Yeah. yeah i wish a yeah. scandinavian woman would jump on my roof wait <laughs> whoa my wife is sweet yeah yeah. Um, okay. Anyway, presenting um, me with divorce papers. Yeah. <laughs> oh, what's that? Oh, yeah. Okay, I gotta go. Um, so Morgan is now weak from the attack. Uh, he needs his meds. 
and they have to be sure though to leave the basement because there could be an alien there probably isn't though probably no aliens they head upstairs well they said the aliens have left yeah yeah <laughs> and they, they like, did also say that they left the they left some of, left some some of their of wounded. wounded yeah but they which will beg in a question later what was yeah. the test to see if they're oh yeah they just turn on the baby monitor and they're like good enough and everything's fine <laughs> yeah. well and he's like good enough for you yeah i mean the yeah. kid's gonna die right so they need True. The, they need the medicine, yeah they need yeah. the 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 pen or whatever so they head upstairs the place is trashed uh that this is when the t you hear the tv say that like somewhere in the middle east they found a primitive way to destroy the the aliens um but the cutest part of the movie happens what's the cutest part of the movie Bo dancing right oh right the the people on tv they're dancing like this oh yeah Yeah. (laughs) it's Um, like what are they doing like this you know what i mean she's like really giving it but the camera pans over and we just full on see an alien and it grabs. Well, you see it in the TV you first. No, you see a reflection. You don't. You only see the alien fully once, and it, that's the only time that it looks bad. It looks when he's good holding for his entire when he's sequence. holding Morgan and Morgan's like, yeah, yeah, because they do have some practical effects going on in here as well. Um, but the the only time you see it is when the water dribbles on it and it looks absolutely horrendous. Every yeah. other time, it's in like really Did you dark watch some and kind of behind the scenes thing or me no. no. Oh shit! Yeah, <laughs> you got me. I don't understand sarcasm. Yeah, yeah. Um, so, well, basically, what I was gonna say is is that uh, they purposely like use the reflections and warp the you yeah. know they'll, they'll shoot it through the glasses of water and stuff, and it 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 hides the seams really well, and it, most of the sequence stands up, but as soon as they show it, that's when you start to yeah. then overly criticize the other shots of the alien. Yeah. You've now seen this like really crappy thing that just doesn't, it doesn't look good. Um, but then they have, they have the alien holding him, and it's the alien that he cut the fingers well, that's off. That's just it. Yeah. yeah. They, the big reveal at this moment is that it's the same alien from the pantry, which I thought was a really cool little thing. Cause that alien in the pantry might've been yes. doing the thing that the aliens were doing when they were attacking the house, where it was playing possum. Yeah, to just mess with Grams. Yeah, I have a couple. I have a couple questions about that alien specifically. Was he considered injured? Like his missing fingers? Like were they that strict? Because they said they left some that were hurt behind. Did he miss his flight? Because he like didn't get out of the pantry. And did it? it, Is he specifically targeting Graham? Like did he come and grab Morgan? Because it seems like when he's holding Morgan. And you see the fingers, like is is the alien like yeah fuck you yeah you know what I mean like I got your kid I got your kid now you know what I mean uh, I, my my assumption was it was that the signs the, the the crop circles are sort of like coordinates for the ships to hover above right yeah, so they yeah. they stick close to those so yeah yeah if he got out and he he ended up scouting a bunch of the area and got trapped in the pantry it's very likely that he did miss his flight if all of the aliens had had been ordered to leave, i'm glad right? you brought that yeah. up too because more uh, morgan sort of earlier in the movie there's a little bit of a kind of a subplot where he's talking about like i think meryl is in on it and they're they're wondering why they're they are where they are and what they're doing and they sort of figure out that the aliens are creating a map with their ships of earth yeah sort of they're sort of mapping out where different big places are and since they're right outside of uh the greatest city in the world yeah. philadelphia um the true seat of power in the united states exactly of the 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 home of the cracked liberty bell um there there's an alien ship here and it's probably one of many in a in a um 
in a net of ships. Why can't I think of the word? In a network of ships. Yeah. Um, but And it, the news doesn't even know about that one because he already clearly stated he will not tell the news. <laughs> they will. Those aliens, or the, the aliens above his house will not be famous. No. Even though it's the most famous alien, because we're watching a whole movie about it. <laughs> yeah, yeah. But uh, but that's you know that's that's part of it, Steve. So thanks for bringing that up. There's some things that we kind of gloss over in this movie because there's so much. It's so it's so content. It's dense. dense. Yeah. Yeah. I, but I mean, it, it's also really tight and and simple too, right? right? It's, there's a lot to talk about, but it's uh, it's a really basic and and just good it's it's efficient i guess is what i would call it it it, it knows what it's doing and it, and it does its it is, job it perfectly. is efficient for 99 percent of the movie <laughs> and then there's one percent where they show the fingers missing from the alien and then they <laughs> cut back to him cutting off the fingers yeah yeah and i'm like do you think that i'm fucking stupid so in the in like the it, in defense of the movie they don't show him cutting the fingers off again they just show him grabbing the knife again and a knife yeah noise going, but it's <laughs> but, but like, i agree i agree can i not you know what I mean? Like, yeah, his movies are supposed to be cryptic and yeah. like he presents them as like the thinking man's like crazy psychological twist. And it's I like, I think at this point in his career, he was still getting those studio notes, you know, like, I you guess. know, people aren't going to remember that. Yeah, people, smart, are, these people to watch someone went to get popcorn while he yeah. cut the fingers off. <laughs> yeah. It's what? like, this, How would anybody forget that that happened? It's the craziest part in the movie. What you're saying is layered too, because we do get a final cutback to to a shot yes. of Colleen saying, "Swing, swing away, moral." Like if 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 he just kind of looked at Meryl and said, "Swing away, swing Meryl," away. Yeah. and he saw the bat, he saw the would bat. I have been? Would I have been like? Why did he say that? Why the fuck? I, I don't understand. It's like some sort of synapses are firing in my head, but I can't understand what's happening in the movie. Anyway, this yeah. is when Meryl go, goes full fucking Ness from Earthbound and just starts yeah. wailing. Um, we, did, the Anytime one, we watch a the movie, alien the alien doesn't put up much of a fight. No, the CGI is so much worse than I was expecting is a line that I wrote. Some water mm. falls on him during this moment and then... It was the water after all. M. Night Shyamalan twist, Rooney. Yeah. Um, and then the score crescendos during this moment, and it's so good. Like it's just so triumphant. And uh, this is where we, you know, they defeat the alien. The alien gets blasted back into the Stone Age, and they take they take uh, Morgan Odon to the grass. Because as the alien was holding him, he's like, they, they talk about the, the poison throughout this whole movie, yeah. too. The, there's this poison gas that these aliens secrete, that that's what's killing people. And then they take them or whatever. And then they take them. But it also kills you. And also they brutalize yeah. people, I mean, too. maybe it doesn't kill you. Maybe it just knocks you out and they take you and you're presumed dead. But Yeah. This movie falls apart when you talk about it too much, I've learned. Yeah. <laughs> Through talking about it for three hours. It's not hours. about the alien invasion. That's what we've learned. Yeah. yeah. Talking about this movie. It has nothing to do with the aliens. It's just a set piece for us to, uh, yeah. to experience. have a podcast. <laughs> yeah, to experience Mel Gibson's was, faith. Loss of like, faith. I make movies so people in 20 years can do podcasts about Yeah. Them, okay? They're going to have these things called podcasts. Um <laughs> But yeah, so then he survives because of the asthma attack. Yeah. And uh in case in case you forgot the finger if for the finger forgetters, he says, This is why you have asthma. Yeah. Right. <laughs> and then then it's like that's why you left the water. Yeah. Um, it's really and yeah, then the, it's, it's the too mother much. dies so she can say swing away. 
it's a little too much of irving the explainer just kind of like shoving everything that we've already we've just watched the movie we know like if this was a tv show and we had to remember back six episodes okay i get it but you don't need to yeah the movie's only an hour and 40 minutes yeah Yeah. can i can i talk about maybe this i you know what i mean tell me if this is going a little crazy uh there's one character in this movie who deserves some criticism uh and that is god um, (laughs) yeah what an asshole god gives morgan asthma a horrible disease i had terrible asthma i related to morgan a lot as a kid with his asthma attacks because i was hospitalized for asthma and stuff so he gave him asthma it's like make uh bo a hypochondriac um (laughs) pin the the reverend's wife to a tree and have her fall in half so that she can just so she can say you know, swing a baseball swing bat, away. yeah. And and he could have simplified that all just by like making it make rain Merrill a horrible in one pervert of those four days. <laughs> yeah, he you should have just mean? made it rain. Yeah. Made it rain once instead yeah. of having to kill a woman and like, you know what I mean? Really do a number on. Listen, the God only has powers diseases. over horrible lung diseases, mental illnesses, <laughs> yeah. and killing women. Yeah, and when people fall asleep <laughs> and chronic <laughs> masturbation. <laughs> yeah, and swimsuit competitions. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> Yeah, um, it's like he and then that gives him his faith back. But I'd be like, yo, yeah, what the hell, man? Yeah, can't you like, control the rain? Nope. Yeah, That's no, one thing oh, I can't control. Oh, yeah, it's a little Chekhov's gun, uh, don't you think? <laughs> Chekhov's bat God actually Chekhov's on the wall. Gun. Chekhov's bisected wife. Oh, my God. That's incredible. <laughs> um, yeah. I The last note that I have before we move on to the last two segments is like an actual happy ending because it kind of just like everything's resolved those aliens yeah. are coming back right like the kids are loud la- yeah but not for a hundred <laughs> not for a hundred thousand years, so. years. Yeah. um cool so that's the movie signs before we move on to our final thoughts we're gonna introduce game time it's time to play guess the mpaa so just real quick the mpaa certificate is a number that appears at the end of a movie. They're based on rating the movie from general rated to NC-17. What I've devised is the fact that there is a five-digit number on every movie is that in two guesses, could our guest and Steve guess what the MPAA certificate rating is? I've given you a hint. It's five digits. This week on the show... I'm going to do something very special. I'm going to give you the final two numbers of final that two five digit. Why is that too many numbers? That'll make it easier. I'm going to give you, you the, the first final. Two. You want the first three? First two, or even just the first one? Uh, I'm going to give you I the first like... number. <laughs> give us the first and the last. Uh, oh. I'm going to give you the first and last number. Of the MPAA certificate number. The first digit is three. The final digit is five. You have two guesses. Alex, what is your first guess? I don't know what the number represents. So it's it's a real guess. Three, six, five, four. Last number that you gave me already that five. I forgot. Five. Steve, it is higher than that number. Three, eight, four, zero, five. 
Alex, it is higher than that number. Three, nine, seven, six, five. Steve, it is lower than that number. Three, nine, two, eight, five. Five. The button's broken. <laughs> we only had a 1% chance of getting The MPAA, everyone. The MPAA. Wow. Oh, why is You're it playing both at the same time? I thought it was yeah, going to over... It would have closed like 35 fucking VLC players. Uh, <laughs> the number was 39105. You guys played... Uh, you guys did an excellent uh, game. You guys did a... You... <laughs> I don't know, a pocket audience. Jeez, this audience is so rude. Yeah. Wait a second. <laughs> oh God, Michael Myers is here. <laughs> Damn it, he's he must have just ate a dog. Yeah, yeah, he ate the dog, giving him indigestion. Uh, thank you for humoring me. That game, uh, I hope, I hope can evolve. But that's the best version <laughs> yeah. of it we've seen so far. Yeah, there you go. The um, guess three numbers game. <laughs> so stupid. It's all. Because... I think that we, if we do the first two, you give us the first two, and then it'll be easier for us to to figure yeah. it out. Okay. Well, that's a really good. Uh, that's a really good. It's uh, a really good idea. Okay, thanks. It's time for our final thoughts. As I said at the top of the show, um, I do make it a tradition. I have made it a tradition to let the guest go first. I will allow you. I will allow you to know. Uh, that the final thoughts portion is basically just your in summation final thoughts. If you want to give it some sort of rating, whether it be out of five out of 10 out of 25 out of a million uh, or, and, or do some sort of made up fun rating. Okay. The floor is yours. Okay. Uh, Love the movie. It's scarier than I remember. Uh, Before I watched it, I asked my wife, I'm like, hey, you want to watch Signs with me before the show? And she said, no, it's nighttime and it's too scary. And I thought, it's not that scary. It's My wife said that too. And then I watched it and then I was like, okay, there are definite parts here that are too scary to watch at (laughs) night. Um, But all in all, solid flick, solid Shyamalan showing. And I I would say... I give it four severed alien fingers out of five. <laughs> All right. Thanks, Alex. Uh, Steve, why don't you give us your final thoughts for the film Signs starring Joaquin Phoenix and Mel Gibson by the director M. Night Shyamalan? Um, I think that this is kind of like peak Shyamalan. Um, I, he, he does everything that we know and love for, from, you know, his best movies. I know this movie has a lot of criticisms that are involved with it. I don't know if those are necessarily all unwarranted, <clears throat> but I really enjoy this movie. It was a pretty large part of my introduction to starting to understand and appreciate film on like a different level. I wasn't just watching moving pictures anymore. I was actually sort of beginning to analyze and understand what theme was and what it meant to, you know, have good cinematography versus kind of lazy and boring cinematography and what kind of impact that can have on a film. So this movie is pretty important to me in terms of uh, my evolution as a, as a, as a film watcher. And um, 
I think that it's probably pretty important to M. Night Shyamalan as part of his filmography and and what we understand of him as a uh, director. Jason, you know when you're laughing and I'm talking, I assume you're laughing at me, right? Oh, no, right? no, I just, Alex changes. <laughs> He's laughing at me. Yeah, he changes background. Like... <laughs> oh, he t- Alex just wanted this guy to be able to check things out. Yeah, so, yeah. sorry, yeah. Steve. I, I wasn't laughing at you. Yeah, he was, he was laughing at beautiful women licking his toes. <laughs> Damn it, you ruined my rating. Oh, no. <laughs> it's no longer a surprise. Um, I was going to give this movie an alien uh, having his toes licked by beautiful women, but... <laughs> Now I'm going to give this movie, uh, you know, like it is really good, but there are some areas where the seams are showing with age, um, uh, you know, especially in the terms of the CGI. So what I'm going to give this movie is a perfectly good woman, but she's bisected by a car. (laughs) You can see the seam. (laughs) Thank you, Steve, as always. Excellent final thought. Okay. Um, my final thought, of course, goes like this. This movie was great. Um, I'm glad I was in a place where I could truly enjoy it. And now I'm watching more movies and appreciating filmmaking a lot more. I think if I had watched this 20 years ago, I wouldn't have appreciated it like I did now. I I feel like it's an important film in a lot of ways and analyzing it's especially important. I think as a throwaway movie, you just see, um, I don't think I would have appreciated it the same way you guys like went back and rewatched it. And like, it was part of your sort of zeitgeist growing up. I don't think that it would have been like that for me. So I'm glad I waited. Um, it's sort of an M night Shyamalan movie with no real twist, but what it does do is reveal small things in a way that feels like a series of mini twists, which I was talking about throughout. Since I already knew the twist, I was able to focus more on the other stuff a lot more. Start to finish, I was captivated. Um, I was legit startled by the early reveals of the aliens since they were played like a horror reveal. They also don't like, they don't really show the alien much like they do in like a horror movie like monster movies till much later you get that you finally get to see it and you're like what the fuck um i do really think they should have gone practical or practical cgi mix for the final alien battle um it looked like it looked i said it looked like shit in 2023 but you guys have sort of swayed me to realize that it looks fine honestly it looks kind of crappy um it still made me feel that sense of foreboding Um, And it's good that they use the CGI sparingly throughout the rest of the movie. But the direct shots of the alien did make me groan. Um, Good cast. Great score. Well-made film. I give this a 4.3 out of 5. And if I was to give it a a fun rating, I would say that it's a a crop circle on a closed set. That you really want to just walk through and check it out. Yeah. Check things out. So. <laughs> okay. Um, so that is our episode this week. <laughs> I'm doing this. So I yeah, don't, yeah. I don't get. Why? We know we're not doing it. Yeah. <laughs> they don't stop. They're having a great fucking time over there. Um, is that everything? Ooh, that one oh. guy sounds COVID. Whoa. <laughs> <laughs> um do you uh alex do you have anything you want to promote or plug um no just 
you know, as as a 35-year-old, slightly overweight, bearded man, I know that my opinions about movies are very unique and important. Um, so I'm just glad to have a platform, you know? Yeah. And if one or two people, you know, a week come up to me and say, hey, I saw you on that podcast and you really changed <laughs> my life. I saw you talk about signs. It really changed me, you know? Yeah. <laughs> if I can get that, then then that's all I need. That's incredible. I'd like to. Uh, so, Somatic has just come in here. Who's a, I think a new a new viewer. They've gifted five uh, tier one subs to our community. Oh, so okay. uh, you're welcome to Leon twenty seven, the mediocre gamer, and Ox, me, and and Steve. We have six subs now from Thank this you. stream. Thank you, everybody. That's incredible. This has been our. We have ten viewers right now at the end of the show. This has been like by far our best stream I think we've ever done. And it was just so fun. Hi, Keldon. Thank you for coming by. Thank you for everybody who watched tonight. It's uh, it's really important to, to me that we're moving upwards and onwards. I'd like to promote uh, this podcast. We have one question that we ask each and every week. And I think, uh, Alex, would you like to ask that question? Hey. Did you see this one? Oh, somatic put it in the fucking chat. Is that? Whoa, somatic rules. Somatic rules, brother. <laughs> wow. It we have 12 view like this is the highest viewers we've ever had like <laughs> It's we're, like, we're doing it, Jason. We're doing oh, it. Oh, Orlix Live just sub, just subscribed with Prime too. So thank you for that subscription. Oh, the subscription is coming from within the podcast. <laughs> oh, I understand. <laughs> <laughs> it's inside the podcast with you right now. <laughs> it's a sign. 